have you for your safety. God bless that man. This is Neighbors Trash. I'm Paul with Kelly and Joe, and we're doing The Simpsons Season 2. But first, before we do that, we're going to talk about Taylor Swift and Kansas City watching the Chiefs. Kelly, take it away. I just thought it was exciting. <laughs> yeah, they kept cutting to her, of course. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Travis Kelsey's mother was there with her. I think it's funny that she's already in the booth with his mom, yeah. But I think that's yeah. just that was just his booth that he invited her to. So, yeah, he and could his... not invite his mom for that game. Yeah, do you think that's you're saying you think maybe it's the first time they've met? Like, I'm, I'm guessing so. His mom and Taylor. You think that they he would do that though? You think he'd be like, "Hey, I want you to meet my mom. You're going to spend three hour, three ish hours, four hours in a box with her, without uh, me." Like, apparently because that's, pretty... that's what he did I, i'm saying i think that they have met before i think they've made this isn't their first meeting you know of his of his mom but th- it's only been like a month since the heiress tour thing okay are we sure that's the, when it started i'm not sure but that's when he said because didn't he just start and likes talking about it in the media before he even talked to her Oh, it's not like it's not like we ever will know or know anything. Yeah, that's but maybe it was just like a let's play it that way, right? Like maybe it's like, hey, we met, you know, kind of under normal circumstances, and he's like, wouldn't it be cute if you uh, put this in the paper? Taylor's saying this, wouldn't it be cute? <laughs> and then Travis is like, oh yeah, that would be cute or something. Uh, and then he does it. You know what I'm saying? Sure. <laughs> It's All right, stunt. let's just get into it. <laughs> I say it's a stunt. They planned it, and they've—he's met the, she's met his mom months ago at this point. Months ago, I think it's gonna. But come she out. was still Next with story. that British guy. But well, that's what she told everyone. But that's not true. That's not what was going on. <laughs> You've been reading the Taylor clues. <laughs> I've seen. I've been watching these Chiefs games, and she's there. There's a woman in sunglasses sitting in the the. Third row looks a lot. And you're the only one that noticed it out of all the Swifties. Yeah, they're fooled by sunglasses. I'm not. That's the <laughs> difference between them and me. Is I can that see is right the weakness of the Swifties. Yeah. <laughs> they're unaware. Um, okay. Well, yeah, let's start talking about this. So we're talking about the season two of The Simpsons. So we'll, we've been doing this. Uh, we've done it for seasons five, six, and eight, I believe. Um, and we've kind of changed up the rules, but the idea here is that we're there's 22 episodes of season two of The Simpsons. Uh, I I I watched them all. I don't know how you guys did. It, if you just watched the ones you thought would be in your top five, um, but we're gonna go through and kind of try to make a neighbor's trash list of the top five Simpsons episodes. So I'd say now that we don't have uh, Kalator, unfortunately, for this week, um. We can do a, a majority rule situation where two if two people say it's in the top five, it's in the top five. Um, so we'll we'll just do it that way. We'll each pitch one, uh, and you know we'll just kind of go through them, talk about them, what we liked, what we didn't like, 
uh, and then at the you know so we're nominated each you know we're gonna go to each person they're gonna nominate an episode they're we're gonna have a discussion all together you know do we think this is actually top five material for season two uh, and then we'll we'll do our voting and then it's uh, geez Arizona Cardinals are 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 gonna beat the Dallas Cowboys um, and I can't <laughs> that's wild all right um so <laughs> with all that being said yeah so we're building a top five list and uh, we're gonna do it together because that's the best way to do things uh who would like to go first who has an episode they feel strongly should be in the top five of this list before we do that did did everybody like rewatch all of it this time around i did uh, yeah paul did i did and uh, i gotta say uh i think unlike other seasons that we've reviewed like this season two has like a very very good like a to b tier like lots of episodes and like a to b tier and then like as far as s tier like the super top tier i think there's only like one maybe two that you could put mm-hmm. up for like you know kind of like a top 10 contender for like all time of the show you know what i mean um and i i don't know i could be surprised every time i say Kelly, I think you'll agree with me on this. Uh, I end up looking like a horse's ass. So I'll just say that I do think that there's a very obvious number one. That's what Paul said, Mm. too. And now I'm super nervous because I did not (laughs) have an obvious number one. And I had a hard time even picking five of my like favorites going through. So we are not on the same page to begin with. So this is going to be hard. Hell yeah. Good thing I didn't say, Kelly, I think you'll agree with me then. (laughs) I do agree that this one is, I don't think, I don't think there's a bad episode. I I should say there's not an episode I did not enjoy. Like I had a lot of fun watching the season, but I agree that there's not one. I'm like, Oh, this is like gold standard. I would be interested if we had like a big conversation about all the seasons, if any of the season two would like sneak into like top 20. Um, But I just, but okay. I know that I'm going to find out anyway, but Paul, you said that there was a clear number one and Joe, you said there was a clear number one. I don't have a clear number one. So I don't know if your guys' number ones are the same and it's making me scared. It's making you scared. <laughs> if you had to guess Kelly, which one would you even think? I'm not even going to say anything. Like that's how, that's how scared I am. She's terrified. <laughs> uh, so like, I, 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 go, ahead. go ahead, Joe. Well, I was just going to say, uh, you know, like, you don't have to be so coy about it or whatever. I did want to do a, like a, g- a little general chatter up top just because I do think season two is interesting. Like season one is its own thing, right? Like uh, we've talked about this before or maybe, you know, maybe off the podcast, maybe I've blathered about on it, but um, season one looks so different. It sounds so different. It's, it's, it's its own entire thing. Um, it, it exists, I think, kind of almost apart from the show itself in a lot of ways. Yeah. Season two is that transitional point where uh, it doesn't quite look right yet, but it looks a hell of a lot closer. And the tone isn't quite right yet. But again, like they're edging in the right, in the in that direction of more like fast-paced, punchy stuff. I mean, this season is just like Mr. Burns every episode. All the way through. It's so crazy, yeah. yeah. It's like there's like, three main you know there's the family there's ned flanders a little bit but it's the family and burns like yeah that's that those are the big uh draws in each episode yeah so like the show is like finding its footing um pretty quickly um but like i i don't think that there uh, i agree with what paul said 100 
there's not there's no episode that I don't enjoy. Um, it's just in terms of like which one it's it, existing in this weird middle zone. I think it just kind of like doesn't compare super favorably to like seasons three through nine or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. So it would be tough for a season two episode to crack the top 20 all time or something like that for me. But the, like I said, the middle of the, uh, you know, the below the S tier, a, a tier and B tier just filled the rafters with like good high quality episodes. And I know you already kind of touched on this, but it was cool to watch. Like, I feel like the first two episodes, especially feel very season one but like it really develops like as it's going, like it feels like season three by the end of uh, season two. So it's like, it feels like a, you're watching a different show, like as you're going, especially watching them all in a row like this and not having yeah. like a week in between watching. So it's like, oh, this is like the feel. I was like, did I transfer into the next season? Am I still, am I still on two? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it happens like very slowly. Right. And obviously, you know, usually what happens in the, in the very first couple episodes are holdover episodes from the previous season. Um, so that, it, you know, like you're saying, it does, you know, Bart's, Bart gets an after or whatever, does look pretty close to season one. Uh, mm-hmm. Clearly improved, but it looks pretty close. And then by the time you get to like three men in a comic book at the end, like the show almost has fully found its look uh it yeah. looks so different from the first step from bargains and f anyway i i was convinced that 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 comic book episode was in season three like when That's i how saw I that felt. it was at yeah. the end of season two i was like no this is a season three episode like and it, it is it's just like they are and th- the other big thing is the homer voice it slowly gets you get Homer at the end, but you're still getting that though, like that Walter Mouthow, like that sort of very slow gummy version of it that uh, Dan Castellaneta did early on. And then it's like, okay, he's he's starting to get it. He's kind of losing that, you know. He's going. He's it's more. It's faster. It's more Homery. Like, and then Homer as a character, he is really mean a lot, like the jerk ass Homer of the later seasons. But like you know, in a different way, but just like a very like cruel person sometimes. And then it's, that kind of goes away and they kind of settle into this. No, he's, he's a dog, you know, he's like a very sweet guy, but he makes a lot of mistakes and he acts irrationally, you know, like they've kind of settled on that a lot as this season was going. Agreed. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I was just thinking that you're talking about like how mean Homer is. It's very funny, and I didn't really notice it a bunch um, up until this most recent rewatch. And I know they talk about it sometimes on the on the um, commentaries, but I think when you're watching them all back to back, like over a course of two days, it comes out even more. There are so many episodes that end or or are close to the ending this year where like Homer gets forgiven for being a, a real shithead. Yeah, for, for no good reason. Yeah, like, yeah. There's no reason to forgive him, and it's just sort of like, well, it's you know, 22 minutes plus commercials, so it's time to wrap up. Sorry, folks. Yeah, um, and it's funny. It doesn't. It's not like it bothers me or anything. It's just like, man, I think in the in the commentaries you can hear the writers kind of like blaming um, James L. Brooks without coming out and saying it. But like, <laughs> I guess Brooks is the guy who's like, this has to have heart, or this has to, you know, they have to yeah. put a on it. Uh, and so it feels kind of forced sometimes. It does. And it's like a way that the, a lot of the later seasons of the Simpsons do a much better job with where it's like, like you said, it's like they feel tacked on. They feel like, oh, we had a pretty satisfying story or 
it's like it would be better if this resolved with us seeing a different character like it's weird it was oftentimes kind of jarring that it was like and cut to homer and it's like homer's done this horrible thing or treated marge really poorly and it's fine like he said one nice thing or marge is doing the work to make it good again like yeah it's very rare that like there's a couple episodes where i feel like i'm like okay like i'm glad homer got you know got some redemption or whatever but most of the time it's like really <laughs> like, well the funniest one is in the uh the one where he goes to catch the catfish he literally oh, yeah. re- like um forgives himself and then tells him like marge that he did yeah. this wonderful thing for her <laughs> yeah. and then she yeah. just kind of reluctantly agrees it's just kind of like fine <laughs> i guess whatever really, that's, the, yeah. that's the best part all he does is just let the fish go <laughs> And then, and then he says, you said our marriage was in trouble? Come here, baby. And she's yeah. like, oh, Homer. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? You just let a fish go. Yes, your marriage has problems. <laughs> that wasn't even the point of their argument at the time. It was like, why did, why did she let that slide? Like, so what? funny. Well, like in that... that episode it's like yeah that's no Homer. like you need to do a little bit more work there buddy like you can't just like oh I, yeah it wasn't about like he's do- spending too much time doing this stuff and not enough with me like or, or something like he cares about his hobbies more it was now you were a big creep at this party and got yeah to embarrass me like you throwing a fish back has nothing to do with this <laughs> Yeah, one of the funniest jokes in that episode, which is I, I like that episode. I, I think do it's too. Good. Yeah. Um, but one of the funniest jokes is like Marge doing doing a time dissolve as Marge goes hoarse from like naming every single thing that Homer does yeah. that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they missed the luau because there was so much. Yeah, exactly. Like he kicks me when he's sleeping and his toenails are long and yellow. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, anyway. I think just in general, I know that I think I've talked with both of you about this, but I think in general with season two, too, I miss all those like weird characters that weren't like part of the town Mm -hmm. or that just get thrown into random episodes you never see again. That doesn't happen in later seasons. And I miss like in the in that group, the the couple that was with there with uh, Ned and Homer and Marge, um, the queen of the harpies guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like you don't get to see characters like that later on, but they're like packed into season two. And I think that's really fun. I love how ugly it is. I've talked, I mean, I love ugly animation specifically. I like it when it's rougher and I really enjoy the season two animation. Like I, you know, I like how much cleaner it gets. They definitely like found a style later on, but I, especially going back and seeing these episodes, because these aren't ones I watch a lot. Like, I've seen them all a number of times, but this is not the season I put in when I am like, I'm feeling like watching the Simpsons. Like I very rarely jump to season two, but it's just, it is nice to just see this. Like, you know, they, they figured stuff out. They're feeling like the Simpsons, but yeah, you get a bunch of weirdos and you get some odd character designs and you get um, just like a lot, like a lot of times I'll take screen grabs. You're just like, what is this thing? Like how did, <laughs> who drew this and what is going on with this? Like, you know this what's funny too is it's uglier and then it's yeah. also got a lot more going on because there will be like scenes where it'll just be like homer talking to ned and then there will be like a bird feeder like in the corner for no reason that has a lot of bird action going on and you're like that doesn't <laughs> happen later it's just like 
it's little stuff like that. Like they'll be in a scene and they'll just have a bunch of stuff going on in the background. Yeah. And then I think in like the, I think even by season three, that just doesn't happen anymore. It's just more of a, like a plain background and you're focused on them in the front, in the foreground. It like, you don't get that. You don't get that bird action anymore. You don't get the birds. Okay. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's really cool. I like, I, I, I totally agree with both of you. I, I like how, it's ugly and weird looking. It to me, it's very evocative of Wes Archer's style because, um, like, he was he was on even mm -hmm. during I think, the uh, Tracy Ullman years, and he was like a big fan of establishing certain things like the twister mouth and uh, kind of that Ooh. three quarters look where you can see yeah the other ear behind like their eyes, which they never did after uh, after this season, I think, or after the third season. But so they they kind of cleaned up a lot of that stuff that looks kind of ugly and streamlined it. Um, but I like it because it's goofy and cartoony and it's just kind of, like I said, uh, almost like season one, it's, it's almost its own thing, you know? Yeah. This definitely feels like its own thing to me too. Like it's a, you can get like, you start to see season three and season three, I feel like is a, a pretty big jump or like what we've talked about before. It's like, there's a couple in this season that, that feel like it's getting there, but like, it's definitely feels to me. It's like, okay, it's not season one. Like this is definitely cleaner. The voices are, the voices are more on, you know, you get less of those weird issues with the voices and like, you know, the movement is better that like you said before, Joe, like the jokes are punchier and like the, the timing is better. Like I'm enjoying watching these episodes, even if they're not like packed with jokes, they're still really fun to watch and look at in a way that I don't feel as much with the later ones. Like I, it's like, I really like the, the art style still, but I like seeing these weird locations too, that we don't often see. Like a lot of these episodes started in places like, I feel like, you know, getting into like eight and nine, it's like, Oh, they're at the mall or like, there's like three or four places where they keep uh, going back to, to begin these episodes. We get a lot of different, like, I like seeing the ballpark and I like seeing the water park. And like, there's just a couple of, of set pieces like that. It's just like, it's really cool to see more of, of this world that we don't normally get to see. Yeah, totally. You know, uh, really quick before we dive into the actual uh, selecting of the episodes, uh, talking about ugly or bad animation that still I love for whatever reason, do yourselves a favor. Everybody who's listening, do yourself a favor, go watch the scene where Homer is drooling over Ned's assassins. Because uh, then right when uh, the, the little heart monitor goes off and Ned's like, oh, my heart rate's going down, better get back to it. And then he, start, he got, starts strutting off. His, the perspective is so bad and off, like the animation of him <laughs> strutting off. It, like it's, it's very much in like this ex accentuated workout walk, you know, which yeah. is a nice piece of business. But like, he also looks like weirdly too tall and shit as he's like walking away. Like it's, it's so <laughs> off, but it's also like so ambitious. I don't know. I just, I, I love it. I love how goofy it looks. Yeah. They're trying stuff for sure. Yeah. Okay. So are any other final thoughts just in general about season two, or are we ready to start this? I'm ready, but I'm not going to go first because I'm too scared. I'm too scared. <laughs> I'm too scared, uh, especially with my first one. That's going to be my number five, because I don't think it's on either of your lists, but it's one that made me laugh so hard when I first saw it, that I always pick it automatically. So, okay. Uh, but I'm too worried to say it. So I'm going to let you guys go first and then okay. I'll gauge the room. I do think that uh, going five to one, I mean, we're going to do that anyway, but it's it's definitely going to be good because I think we can find out, you know, leave the, the cliffhanger of me and Paul's number one is is the same and i'm betting that it is anyway i'm just um, so okay go ahead 
<laughs> I'm going to say, I bet that it's not. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I kind of feel like there's one that maybe I'm a little lower on that is maybe considered, you know, one of the bright spots, one of the biggest bright spots of the season. Oh. So, but maybe, maybe not. So we'll see. Uh, I'll I'll go first. Um, we already mentioned it a second ago, but um, I really love Three Men in a Comic Book. Um, that is my number five episode. Just running through it very quickly, the stuff that um, that I really that made me just demand putting on this list because I think there were a couple others that were really battling for that number five spot. But um, you know the the art style looks so much better. It's so much closer to season three. Like you guys you guys are saying, it feels like a season three episode. Um, and you have like the introduction of Bartman. You know, not that we hadn't seen that before in other properties and everything, but um, it's first time on this show. Um, the whole opening at the comic book convention is so much fun. The radioactive man and fallout boy stuff like that's so like it's too real all the stuff that they talk about like dirk richter mm -hmm. or whatever the actor like having like a seedy disgusting life and then like dying in a weird way uh yeah. that was very funny to me uh you gotta see little marge and uh patty and selma have their origin story of how they started smoking because uh they made you know marge agreed to be their slave to earn money and uh they said we have so much extra time we should take up smoking we should take up smoking <laughs> very quick <laughs> little marge is adorable she looks kind of like lisa and she's so cute Continue. yes <laughs> and, and the the choice of what they did with for her hair is a choice they would never make again um, yeah because <laughs> it's but like it's stuck <laughs> that's what's cool about it. it's like yeah they would probably never do that but it's like yeah that's how we, i guess that's how she looks when she's little like mm -hmm. yeah it's like an inverted version of uh like selma's hair or patty's hair i should say or no it's selma's yeah anyway uh, yeah uh, i guess they don't do it later because when they do the fear of flying yeah. episode they have her with the had... she has she a short like a little, little tall yeah she has like her tall haircut but it's short isn't that what she had in this one or am i remembering right no right? she's got uh, like a little uh, like okay Call, you don't even know what Marge's hair looks like. I just <laughs> automatically was I was picturing that scene because I could see Patty and Thelma on the bed smoking, but I'm like, yeah, <laughs> she had the normal hair. <laughs> yeah, it's like an inverted triangle. It's it's a very yeah. interesting choice, especially because like it's also this season where like they imply that she had never worn her hair up before until they went to the prom together. Uh anyway. Oh, that's uh, true too. Yeah. Very funny. They would go, just go on and basically turn into a Muppet baby and be like, it's just a little Mark. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, but yeah. I, and then right after that, which is, a, you know, that, that little flashback of Marge's is a great bit. And she's talking about, you know, earning extra money. And so she suggests to Bart, you know, if you want this comic book, why don't you, you know, what about a part-time job? And Bart's like, mom, I couldn't ask you to do that. Uh, which is a good bit. That was good. Yeah. That's a good yeah, Lisa says, she means you stupid. <laughs> and then the uh, the Wonder Years voiceover kicks in. <laughs> that is one of my favorite moments of this show of all time. Like they actually got, what is it, Daniel Stern to go in there and do like the whole me get a job. <laughs> uh, and then you know they're playing like everything turn uh, yeah. behind it. It just it was perfectly done. And I remember being very stoked on it when I was a kid because I was just like, whoa, this show respects Wonder Years. It's so fucking cool. <laughs> um wonder years is like a tiny bit before my time but it was like in syndication or whatever and i, I definitely mm. was pretty aware of it um anyway I know we, uh, we had like a bunch of vhs tapes of it for some reason so we okay. we saw like i don't know paul i don't know if you did too but i saw like four mm -hmm. episodes and that's that's all i know of wonder years but i liked it yeah it's one of and i got the like, reference oh. <laughs> from that so it's 
we we <laughs> watch it all the time, and it's like, no, we watched a very small part of it. Yeah, we watched four again. episodes over and over, just like the monkeys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I like that. Like they kept interrupting. Uh, Homer kept interrupting when he went into this monologue, and then he it would stop the song, and then it would start the monologue again and start the song. And Homer yeah, as, kept getting mad at him as and Daniel then, started saying, "Like, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Paul." Oh no, no! The last thing I was going to say about this scene is that it's it's they're at Krusty Burger and and Homer and Bart are sitting there having this heart to heart moment. And there's just this man over Homer's shoulder yes. that is smoking a cigarette, and it just looks like he's a disheveled worker there, and he's just staring at them. Like I couldn't take my them. eyes off that. Yeah, I was just staring at him the whole time. Like, wait, I was like trying to figure out where he fit into that like scene. I was like, is he looking? Because he was looking straight at them. And he didn't yeah. seem to be like taking orders or anything. And then he disappeared when they went to the wide shot. And I'm like, why is he there? <laughs> why did he? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny that you like were staring at him too. Cause that was like all I could look at. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever noticed him before, but he just I don't stood, think so. stood out to me this time. So. But yeah, the, uh, when, uh, you know, as they go th- a bit further in the episode, obviously, you know, it, she's a bit down the line, but Mrs. Glick is, uh, really great at being like a world-class annoying character uh mm-hmm. i hated her as a little kid i still kind of hate her <laughs> even though like i think she's a very she's a very funny portrait of an older person you know uh who's totally out of touch with everything and also i love her that little flashback of her brother dying in the war is you know as a hand grenade <laughs> so, yeah talk about too many guys in his group yeah yeah even ox he's all right once you get to know him um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it, and it's obviously this is the introduction of the comic book guy uh, back when his voice was like a little mucus here. Like it's like yeah. not quite 100% there yet. Freaking cute. Uh, yeah. He almost but, sounded but, cooler, don't you guys think? Like he wasn't yeah. as nerdy yet. It was like more of a like, I think it didn't really match him yet because it was like, okay, this guy is kind of like a, the kind of guy that you would run into in like a guitar shop, not a comic book shop, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's the impression i got anyway like i was just kind of like why is comic book guy sound so freaking cool yeah no well, like yeah. eventually he becomes a character where like he's sort of known for dispensing what was he say like i dispensed the insults rather than absorb them uh yeah. like it becomes more of his character as like um a spoken thing than it is a thing that actually that they're telling you that he's like a kind of a caustic insult dispenser more than they're actually showing it because pretty much after this they just show him being pathetic like all the time yeah yeah getting dunked on um but in this episode like he is like pretty mean <laughs> to the kids which i mm-hmm. enjoy and then also i really enjoyed the character turn where like when bart says like you know we got the money so why don't you go back there and get the little get the comic book and he's like yes sir like he's got like this <laughs> 180 yeah. pivot because there's money on the table and that's very fun <laughs> right. um but yeah, and then like, you know, the, the ending is fun and, and, you know, the, I can't remember what like noir style uh, Hollywood classic movies, the Maltese Falcon or something that they're trying to do. I can't remember. Anyway, uh, the point is they did a great job with this one. It's it's a great looking episode. There's the bit about uh, Casper being Richie Rich's ghost, which is very funny. Like they just got a lot of stuff in here that I've always enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah, this is, it's- this is, oh, go ahead, Kelly. I was just gonna say it's a good episode and I also like how the um I feel like maybe this was a friendship that was supposed to be like, like a friendship group that was supposed to be more sticking of Bart Nels uh Bart Martin and Millhouse that kind of switched to just 
Barton Millhouse and they made Martin that huge nerd. But like in this episode, it kind of felt like he was like their like equal, like actual friend, which was nice. It was fun. Yeah. And it seems like Bart jumps around. I, that's what I like about Bart. I like that he can be nerdy or he can be one of the, you know, bad kids and he fits into those groups pretty well. Yeah. But it's yeah, fun. It's the inclusion of Martin was funny to me, like especially him at the sleepover. At, like mm-hmm. at all, I know that he bought the comic book with him, but like him being invited to the sleepover was like something that just felt off. But it was it didn't at the same time in that episode because it's like right. oh, they're actually friends. Yeah, they. This is a, a grouping that they wouldn't really test again in full until probably Lemon of Troy, and then after that, um, you know the the Sun Sphere, you know, Bart on the road. Um, yeah. yeah. But even in those, like, Martin's, like, not their equal, I feel like, in those. It's like Martin's this huge nerd that's coming because they need something from him. Totally. No, I I agree with that. I'm just saying, like, in terms of, like, the hangouts of of more than just Barton Millhouse, you know, they're adding in uh, a Martin, a Nelson, whatever, um, or as the, the, you know, adding in a classic character like Lewis, uh, whenever they do, it's a a fantastic, you know, mix. And this is a very early example of it, I think. What if Lewis is in all the groups now and we just don't know because we're not watching regularly? He very well, well maybe. I don't know. <laughs> what if Lewis is leading the group? <laughs> Once we get into those uh, podcasts, when we get to like <laughs> season, I don't know, whatever they're on now, 25. I know they're way past that. Um, okay. This is the introduction of the rumpus room, I believe. I don't know if that's accurate, but I don't remember seeing it any time in this season. And I don't The introduction it- of what? The rumpus room, the uh, the Simpsons room where Homer's sitting in the he's often sitting in like a beanbag chair in there. I don't remember if he is there, but he's sitting in there, uh, looks out the window. There's a storm going on. The kids are fighting in the treehouse ah. and Marge is like, check out, check out the kids. And he's like, they're fine. Um, <laughs> it's a room some... that doesn't actually exist. <laughs> yeah, there's no like there's no way it actually fits into the architecture of the house. Right. But apparently it's in the backyard, so who knows? Exactly. Yeah, no one can tell you where it is. Uh, And you only see it a few times, I think, before they kind of dispense with it entirely. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, it's a great little Easter egg. Um, Let's see. I just made a bunch of notes here. Yeah, Mrs. Glick. That that is a situation where it's just like that, that feels like a very specific older woman that we probably all dealt with in the past. And it was fun seeing Bart do all like the the housework and stuff. And just whenever he's like very much a kid, which he is this entire episode, it's just it's really fun to watch. Absolutely. Uh, and him, you know, getting to bond with Homer over um, old people sucking and stuff is is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Like, <Homer laughs> being like, you know, 50 cents was a lot back in my day. Like, really? Nah. nah. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately gives up the bit. Uh, it's so good. And then yeah, when Bart's like, you know, working is for is for suckers. I'm never doing this again. He's like, I'm so <laughs> proud of you. Uh, <laughs> Took me years yeah. to learn that. <laughs> and, and look, at this point, I might as well just recite the entire episode. But I do really like when um, after she gives him the quarters, Mrs. Glick is like, Bart, you didn't say thank you. And he just goes on this tirade. He's like, I can leave without swearing. I can leave without saying. <laughs> but I not say thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good joke. Yeah, a lot of good, <laughs> a lot of good jokes. It's it's yeah, it's a pretty small episode. Like, there's not a lot of 
like they go to the comic book store, but it's very much like it just feels like you're kind of just in those those three areas, either the house that you're in the tree house or you're at the comic book store. And just, yeah, it's nice to see these characters together. So on the list, it goes for now. But will it stay on there? We don't know. Kelly? I thought you were going next. I can go next. Are you not ready? I, I said you guys were both going before me. Okay. For this first round. So for number five, um, this is here. So just to set this up real quick, this is an episode that I never liked, uh, except for this last um, rewatch. So I'm interested to know what you all think about it and if what it's I one that you never liked. What if it's the one that I like the most? This will be that fun. Be okay. okay. Go ahead. I, I'm trying to pull up my notes on it here as as I put it all in. That'll one. be crazy. <laughs> um, so oh my gosh. So it's the Thanksgiving episode. I'll just go ah. ahead and say that. So I always thought this was one of the weirdest episodes of the show, period. It never felt like it anything else the show has done. And there's some particular like specific moments in it that um that make it feel that way and that's because just most of that is because of how the interactions between the characters there's a very cruel uh scene between patty and selma and marge where patty and selma as mean as they are to homer are never mean to marge and they are downright cruel to marge um they bring food when she's asked she's told them that she's cooking that year um they're they're implying i think that she you know messes things up can't cook meat i can't remember exactly what it was but they're cruel to her marge's mom is incredibly cool to her that that's not why i like this but i just thought that there's a couple <laughs> there's there's very i think the reason i did not like it for a long time is because it's an incredibly real episode um they it's not very funny and it's it's like there are moments in this episode that are like i can't believe that the Simpsons is trying to do this. Like there's just things where it's like, they're very, like they're very grounded and they're, they feel like they're, they're moments. That I'm just like, I, you know, I can feel that I've been there. Like, I know like just the way that, you know, the family was interacting with each other and Bart getting in trouble, especially, you know, we've had a lot of family get togethers where there's somebody in our family that will do something and everybody's mad. And then like somebody's upset and it's like, you know, that like, Bart being told he ruined Thanksgiving and like the just the powerful like the um the Lisa stuff in this where she you know her um display her centerpiece got destroyed Bart accidentally throws it into the fire trying to put the turkey on the page so it's weird too it's like Bart's not really being bad in this episode he's just like not really understanding the importance of the centerpiece that Lisa's made and because of this accidentally destroys it and just leads this very powerful and very like touching, not touch, like just like emotional moment where Lisa's like telling Bart that he's like, you don't care. Like you don't understand why this is important. And Bart's like, clearly doesn't seem like he's like, I didn't do anything bad. I didn't mean to do it. And it's like, right. And it's, and it leads to this whole thing where, you know, Bart runs away. Um, and, they're all worried about him. He finally comes back, makes up with Lisa on the roof. Another very emotional moment. And it, but it's like it's not like I don't can't really think of a big joke in it. Like there's a couple times I think I laugh just at very relatable things, but it's a pretty, you know, it's a pretty serious episode overall. Um, I appreciate that they they tried it. 
And I it just this I don't know what it was about watching it this time, but I was like, this is this is a really interesting episode, and I'm I'm glad it exists. I'm glad we got to see a lot of these things that we may never see again, or at least you know might not ever get this real with The Simpsons again. I I also thought it was um, I feel like the apology between Bart and Lisa felt parallel to the um, apology between Homer and Marge with the catfish. It was kind of like Lisa told him exactly how she was feeling, and then kind of like tried to find the way that Bart was feeling than him just being like, I'm oblivious to that. And then, then making up. I disagree with that. Cause I think what it you ended do. up with is that Bart was like, like I was saying before, he was, he was oblivious to why she was upset, but it was just because, because he thought like, well, no, I was just trying to bring the Turkey to the table. Like I didn't. And then it was like, he forced him, like Lisa asked him to like dig a little deeper figure out what it really is and he's like oh i i feel bad for destroying it you know hmm. like so he gets there and it's almost like lisa's much more emotionally intelligent you know uh kid at this point kind of walking bart through this and it's like you know this is why i'm upset you're not understanding this and he does get there and it's like i i felt like it was a really sweet moment at the end that it's just like you know that what was the, the can... lisa line you sent me Oh yeah, that one. That one touched. Yeah, it's like, and I'm sure, Kelly, you might feel the same way. But she said, "said My brother is missing, and maybe it's my fault because I failed to take his abuse with good humor," which <laughs> is not a joke at all. But it's such yeah. an incredibly real thing that it's like I, you know, I it just hit so hard. Like, um, yeah. So I just. Again, as as weird as this episode is, as as much as I have never really liked it, I don't know what it was about this last time, but it it really did. Um, it it, it is a very yeah. angry episode. Like everyone's in a bad mood throughout it. Like like you said, like the um, Patty and Selma come in are rude immediately. Her mom comes in is rude immediately. Really rude, yeah. And like, yeah, the, I think the only two things she says is I don't want to be here and I'd like to leave or I'm having a bad time or something. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly, she, I think, isn't this the episode where she walks in? She's like, I'm losing my voice. So I'll just say this. You never do anything right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to me, that's so funny. Like I do feel bad or whatever for Marge, but that's, yeah. that's an extremely funny line. <laughs> and but yeah, yeah there, there were a few a few jokes that I did. I like the, the Kit Brockman doing the human interest story, like that whole bit I thought was was pretty clever. And um I don't know. I didn't really have a whole lot of other big jokes. Uh this was the one that had the um uh the reporters on talking about the parade too, right? Yeah. I'm sure it is because oh, it's Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah I love them. That's good. Yeah it's <laughs> That's all I got <laughs> You're right, though, Paul. This, this, is, this is light on jokes. Um, I was going to say that for me, it you know, it, it's not my personal top five, but um, I always did like it because I do feel like it's stressful and kind of real as the first 15 minutes of the episode is or whatever. Um, I've always really liked the, the Bart and Lisa, um, you know, scene at the end where they Bart does get like some kind of emotional insight and does, you know, for once try to like put himself in someone else's shoes. And yes, Lisa is the one having to do all of the, uh, you know, emotional labor here, but 
uh, I Bart's apology is genuine. And with yeah. him, it's like that that never happens. And you know, only Lisa can really bring it out of him. I think that's kind of sweet. Yeah, definitely. I also wanted to add that this this episode ends with some of the worst eating noises that The Simpsons has ever well, produced. Guys, <laughs> thank you. I wasn't sure if I was being too like, oh God, it was awful. But get the fuck out. So right. I kind of this is this is why it's my five because I feel I know this isn't going to make the five and I understand it. I'm not going to push that hard when it comes for it to be knocked off, but I did want to talk about it. So yeah, I think it's really good. I think it's a perfectly good, you know, bottom of the top five type of suggestion. Kelly, all right, I don't feel as scared anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this is just an episode that I just personally love. Every time it's on, I just get so excited. I love Simpson and Delilah. I love Carl. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think um there like before I, I remember Paul, you and Kelly were watching season two um when when me and Kelly were still doing those cock the the cocktail nights. And so like I went over there and you guys were watching this episode and it had been forever since I'd actually seen it because season two is also one I don't really revisit very often. Yeah. And I came in while you guys were watching it and it was right when um carl was like leaving homer for the last time and he was like throwing himself under the bus and like um he was telling smithers that he was the one that spent the money and um going and i just love the line delivery of carl's where smithers is like why are you doing this for this guy and then carl's just like my reasons are my own <laughs> yeah yeah. Oh, I got when we were watching that. I just laughed so fucking hard right <laughs> after that. I was just like, so now every time I see that episode, I just get so excited about Carl. Um, there's not like I, I, I didn't. I actually didn't rewatch this one when I was doing this rewatch, so I haven't seen it recently enough to talk about it in detail as you guys did. But I know there's like a bunch of fun scenes, like when Homer like gets his first hair originally. It's very fun to see Homer with hair, first of all um because you only usually see it when he's young so like when he's like older and he's like has hair you usually only see it in like flashbacks so yeah. it's very fun to see like a whole episode where he's got he's got the long hair when he first grows it out and then he like cuts it and he, he does he looks really nice with hair like so it's very fun to see but i love the when he like first gets it and he's like running out into the street and being like i have mm -hmm. hair and he runs into that other guy that's like i have hair They're yeah. like, I, what's the product called because they like both say it and then they point at each other Monoxidil? And then they like, kick and giggle. Yes, yeah, like they like yelled at each other. They're like, "Yeah, it's so fun." Um, That's a I great feel, moment. God, yeah. Um, I love how mean Smithers is in this too. It feels like I feel like that's another thing with season two. Smithers is mm -hmm. just fucking mean. He has dark glasses and he's mean. Like that's how <laughs> he goes. And then yeah. I feel like as the season goes, his glasses get lighter and he grows a heart. Like as it's going, it's like Smithers is getting nicer. He's getting yeah. this like weird relationship with Burns going that like gets uh, retold over and over again as it goes. Uh, but it's just so funny how fucking mean he is in this episode because it's like he's like is like tormenting homer for no reason and like that's yeah. not like a quality that smithers has later he's more of like a yes man to the side guy that's just kind of mm -hmm. like passive aggressive but in this episode he is aggressive aggressive and he's mad yeah. <laughs> that's very funny <laughs> how are you gonna say that he did it for no reason okay okay the homer's like taking his spot over his yeah. like, favorite i mean and also but yes he's being insanely mean but i think his motivation makes sense uh and 
it's yeah. also very funny to think about him doing it because like you know there's a there's a sort of a through line with him being like you know in that later episode where he's like i have a much uglier word for it sir misappropriation <laughs> uh, clearly feels very strongly about taking company money for uh for wrong for mm. you know, improper yeah. purpose. but uh but yeah sorry paul you go ahead oh no i yeah i was just um going to add on that i do like this episode i think it's 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 the it's pretty early i think this is the second episode in the run so it's this one feels more modern to me than a lot of ones that are going to come up or other ones we're going to talk about like still a little rough but i feel like it's it's got it's a little it's closer to three than it is to one in my opinion except for a couple of the character choices but yeah maybe just art style wise i put it more with one because in my head it feels more like one like I get where okay. you guys are coming from with like it being maybe story wise more closer to the other ones, but I felt like it was like a late one episode to me. But we've got a very but, we've got a very like dumb Homer. We've got you know he's the dumb sweet guy. It's that thing where if you really think about a lot of the, it's like if you think about what what Homer is doing often you're you're like what like if it was somebody else you'd be like oh, that guy sucks but it's Homer. Like he suddenly gets hair, he gets, you know, Peter Principal sort of, I guess. And then like, <laughs> is, you know, he's this big executive now. And it's like, it's like, yeah, it's great. You know, it's great that he has more confidence and he has hair, but he's still incompetent. And like Smithers does have, you know, reason to hate him. Lose it out you guys, I'm and... sorry I said for no reason, <laughs> but I just meant that he was like unnaturally mean for his like even i think later is, if this yeah. was still happening and i i he has good reason i'm sorry everybody um but i feel like he would have been way more passive aggressive in his his later smithers way of acting yeah he does that thing that when homer's losing his hair is lost all his hair after he the hair growth stuff has run out or bart spills it and uh, he's like walking up to the to give his big speech, and and Smithers is like, "Well, dead man coming through." Like he's just doing this. Like <laughs> it's very, it seems cruel, but you're kind of like, "Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what Homer deserves, really." Like he's gonna get <laughs> his old job back, and he's gonna do a bad job, and it's gonna be fine. But like, very true. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you're rooting for Homer to stay there because it's like everyone knows that he doesn't belong there. Like even Carl, <laughs> deep down, knows. I'm sure Carl that Homer yeah. doesn't deserve it. But at the same, yeah, yeah, you know he's gonna go back to where he was. So I guess that maybe the the stakes weren't up there in my head too. Yeah. I was like, we all know Homer's not gonna take Smithers' job, but Smithers doesn't know that. And uh, just yeah, any addition of Harvey Firestein in any capacity. I think it's almost everything better. And it's like, it's it, the voice is just so good. And it's good to have it in The Simpsons. And Carl I, is such a fun character. On top of this episode, I love Carl so much. I wish he would come back. And like, I, I, like, I wish he would have come back in later. Um, but him in general, I throw out my voice so often when I'm on road trips singing the Mulan soundtrack because I try to <laughs> sing along to his part. Yeah so often like it's hard but it's it's uh tough work but you gotta do it <laughs> yeah i love Har- harvey fire scene and uh it, obviously at the time i was kind of generally aware of him as a little kid because like he was in uh you know some movies that my parents had seen he obviously has a very distinctive look and voice um 
But as as I got older, what I really appreciated about him was he was one of the very first celebrity voice guest voices they had that actually went in under his own name. He was actually credited yeah. as Harvey Firestein. Hmm. So many of the other ones, you know, use pseudonyms because I guess the Simpsons was like, you know, still a little Beneath too him. high. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that opposite of that. Okay. Work, but also kind of yeah. like. Uh, I think it probably, you know, for a myriad of reasons, I'm sure. But yeah, mm. TV work being seen then is like less than and sort of low rent. But also the fact that there was like some matter of controversy because our country is stupid. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, I, I just always really respected him for it. And like big surprise, right? Like a, a guy who was like openly gay for so long before it was, you know, uh, even close to culturally acceptable. Uh, having the courage to do that, you know, it dwarfs the courage of going and doing the Simpsons under your own name, but uh, I respect him for it nonetheless. Yeah. 100%. It's up there. <laughs> so right now I'm still it's... laughing at the, my reasons are my own. I was going to say, Kelly, <laughs> this is, uh, this is my number three episode. So it's in my, top Oh wow. Well. Yay. And uh, my reasons are yours. Basically. <laughs> all, the, all the reasons you mentioned. Yes. <laughs> yeah i think this i think i talked myself out of putting this on my five um because i i do enjoy it a lot and i just decided to put thanksgiving on there so i could talk about it but i would definitely if i didn't have thanksgiving on there it would be um this episode so right. there hell yeah sounds like we got ourselves a, probably a consensus top you know top five or at least um <clears throat> my next one my number four was uh, Brush with Greatness. Um, I love it for a bunch of different reasons, but I think one of them is just that it's like such an iconic episode uh, in terms of, you know, it's the first time they got um, one of the Beatles to be a guest voice. Um, and also it's the, you know, an episode that is driven by Marge and gives Marge a lot of stuff to do, you know, reveals that Marge is like a pretty good, pop artist which is cool um and you know she kind of wins the day with her uh painting of a nude mr burns um <laughs> which is like a very it was like a very shocking moment when i when i saw it for the very first time um but i think they do a great job of it and uh overall i just really appreciate the the quality of the storytelling um and then of course john loves is in it so yeah you can't go wrong there yeah so I just um this is the episode that I thought was going to be the for sure number one. Oh. Um, I had it as number two, so we're all kind of on board. Yeah, yeah, I like this episode a lot. This definitely feels the most like this is this is one, even if you didn't see season two a lot on TV and syndication, um, this is one that they would play a lot for good reason. Um so I remember it very well watching as a kid. And I just, I think it, it holds up really well rewatching it. There's a, it's a really good, like this, is, I was talking about, you know, going to see the um, Mount Splashmore, getting to see all the, like that. I thought that was really fun. I also have a lot of nostalgia for that because of the, what was it? Virtual Bart for SNES where oh, yeah. you got to do like part of it was doing the slide. That's not a very good game, but it's, I, it was fun to play it as a kid and like get to see all and, like specifically that's like that's from the show like you actually see that on the show um, yeah. so i like that um i let's 
there's just a lot of good jokes. I mean, I was looking through my notes and it's literally just me writing down all the things I thought were funny. Um, this, this, this is a really funny episode. I love the water park. I, I love that that they were going through the lines and first Bart and Lisa, they had crying Lisa get like go to cut the line. Then they had Homer do the same thing as line inspector. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I forget what the woman says, but she's like, God bless that man. That's exactly what <laughs> she says. Is yeah. that what she says? It's like <laughs> yeah. old Lisa talking. Um, yeah. But I loved that line. Like I thought it was like just perfect how that worked out. And then he gets stuck in the slide, which is like an iconic like Simpsons moment. Yeah, um, and him being lifted out of the slide and everybody <laughs> booing him. That's so, <laughs> so good. Specifically, Simpsons meme. <laughs> I have that as an air freshener in my car. It's Homer stuck in the pipe. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So we yeah we get uh, we get Ringo for the first time. That's always fun. He does a good job in this episode. He gets about. I mean, yeah, he gets. More than George, but about as much as Paul. Uh, he's the yeah the first Beatle on a Simpsons, so that's really cool. I like all his his line readings were funny. I thought, yeah, um, so much so it doesn't even feel like it's actually him. It feels like somebody impersonating him. If, the way yeah, he feels does like it. Someone's doing yeah, like doing it for like doing a very Ringo voice, and it's like yeah. I mean he's he's acted. Cool. He's been an actor before, so um, it's so great to hear from you. I like from his, uh, Springfield. <laughs> Sorry for the lateness of my reply. Like he just like <laughs> always added that in his letters. Like I just for some that's always stuck in my brain. Um God I think bless that, the DVDs of this season because I never knew what the hell he was saying. Uh when he finally looked when he sees Marge's painting and he like kind of puts his hands up to frame it. Yeah. Like, something. And I could never figure out what the hell he was saying. And then I finally found out from the DVDs, uh putting captions on or subtitles on Gia. <laughs> oh really yeah i thought he, uh, I, I thought i thought this time i had it because i the same way i didn't i had no idea what he was saying but i thought like it was just like i thought i had it this time but now i can't remember what it was but oh yeah no, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm going i'm going based off of my memory and like being extremely relieved to find it so it maybe i could be off but i'm but gear was like 60s era slang that okay. would have been appropriate for him to say and maybe he says it and it's still in his real life i don't know maybe he still says marvy too but um <laughs> anyway that, that was a fun one to learn assuming i was even right about it we get yeah and then i yeah i like the whole oh sorry kelly go ahead i just gonna i, I was just gonna talk about the episode more so you go ahead and then i'll go um okay so yeah i like i like it whenever marge gets to show off her talents her many talents and i like that this didn't end with her getting all of her hopes and dreams crushed like so many of them do yes she pulls through and like and does something very bold and daring and everybody is accepting of it and like it ends on a like a pretty positive note considering and like so just to so she's tasked with painting burn doing uh, burns portrait and um she decides after spending time with burns being at the house uh how cruel burns is homer's trying to lose weight because he got stuck in a tube uh in a water slide so he's trying to lose weight and while he's doing this burns is very mean to him um i just like i felt that so much like just like how much like marge was 
like so proud of Homer and how mad she was when Burns attacked him. Like, and like that whole scene with him with the uh, whipped cream and her stopping it. Like, that's such a good moment. It just shows you how much Marge cares about Homer. And like, there's just very, a lot of sweet stuff with their relationship because they're not like, you know, they're not the focus of this. But um, yeah, Burns being um cruel to homer and then marge deciding like she walks in on burns in the shower decides like that's how i'm going to show him this kind of ugly frail old man and decides to paint that and it's just like we see this a lot in this 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 season with marge doing some pretty radical things and again it's just it's good to see it pay off for marge yeah like you said i i like that she got to like explain herself and get kind of the, the glory of the painting and then she also got the last laugh with uh him coming up to her and being like thank you for not making fun of my genitalia and her being like i thought i did yeah great into the episode <laughs> great last line to cut to yeah. the credits <laughs> yeah it was fun just seeing yeah marge got a win and then she got the last laugh which was it doesn't happen very often yeah a great a really good marge episode where she is like she succeeds is rare and nice to see the other thing i like a lot is that like um so mr burns is trying to find someone to do his portrait for this and then they have the scene where there's another guy doing the painting and then you see smithers throw it into like this like locked safe where it's just like several different types of like paintings and sculptures of burns that he's yeah. been rejecting 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 and then he has marge do it and then doesn't even look at it before they put I it know. up it's just kind of like <laughs> oh it's behind the curtain <laughs> So March had his full faith. So yeah, he didn't have a review period. I feel like I could just run through and do all the a lot of jokes, but that's not what this really is. But I think for me, this is yeah, this was my number one, and I think it definitely deserves to be in the top five. That's awesome. Uh, and the very specific reading by Harry Shearer, Mr. Burns saying, "Smithers, find me an artist." It's like a very <laughs> weird inflection. <laughs> yeah. There's some of that in where it's just like, that's an odd choice to do that. I forget I what they said in the art class, um, but when he's mm -hmm. like tearing down her Ringo painting and then he compliments that guy's clown painting, I, I forget what he says, but he's just kind of like, thank you for saying that. Like, <laughs> I don't know why yeah. it was so funny, yeah. but <laughs> or I think he just said like, I appreciate that or something. Yeah, I don't know. Very... But he says it in like a very deadpan way after March just got crushed. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that was great. Yeah, just like, <laughs> They they used they used to be more adventurous in in more ways than just the look of the show, right? Like they used to take more chances on acting. Harry Shearer, in particular, mm -hmm. uh, I've heard fans talk about how, like, you know, I wouldn't really know because I haven't watched many of them, but like the last fifteen years or so, it's kind of just you know the guy's getting up there and he's collecting a paycheck and what whatever. And then you compare it to like his early days, uh, th these performances where Burns can sound super different. You know, like there's a part. Yeah. In um, uh, Bart gets hit by a car when he's like bellowing at his attorneys and you can hear him through the wall and I don't, <laughs> he's had he's got this uh, kind of like grr quality to his voice yeah uh, and he does that that weird line where he's like a banana or two like, exactly. oh, banana or two. like a banana or two like just <laughs> never in a million like never after this point would we hear Bert like attempt something like it's a weird growl yeah yeah but it's, it's very funny though because like you hear you know it's it's uh what's is harry you know stepping back from the mic and you know <laughs> shouting at the top of the room uh and it's great like and, and <laughs> same thing here in the, the deliveries that we're talking about from this episode i just like this the 
quick little sneaky asides or like the weird uh, line inflections and whatever. It's it's uh, it it keeps it very interesting and it, it it's like a charming quality. Yeah, and and just John Lovitz in general, but especially his character like praising everything, like the yeah. guy painting the the end of the the handrail. Yeah. Yeah, like another uh, triumph. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Then, and then, but also the, the 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 one time Marge tries to be nice to him, he's like, Marge, please. I don't, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't take on yeah. very well. <laughs> and I, that weird, like, I just, I wrote this down. I thought this was odd, but there's this donut delivery man. And he comes in and like, they're, oh, yeah. they're, pile, they're piling, the donuts are piling up at the power plant because Homer's not there to eat them. Because um, he's out because he got. He's on a diet. Food. Well, he's, he's on, on a, a diet. diet. Oh, he's on a diet. Yeah, sorry. I was like mixing. I went into like three different episodes. <laughs> he like, was just in the tube. Head on the head. I'm like, no, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I just jumped Homer in was in the tube for about seven <laughs> days. But um, and now I lost track of what I was trying to say. You, the, but, oh, the he's, donut delivery um, man. The donut delivery man is also John Lovitz doing a just a weird voice. That's like, it's clearly him. But like, it's like, why did they decide to just kind of have him pop over there and, and do this, like, <laughs> where you'd have, like, Hank do it or something, like, just seemed like a strange choice. But another, just a fun thing about season two, you'll get those random weird voices. Yeah. Because like, yeah, yeah, um, you hear it with a bunch of, uh, Phil Hartman does it a lot in this season too. I also love when they're doing the paintings, Marge does that painting of Homer, and he's so proud of that too, even though it's like, it's not a good, uh painting of him but like yeah. he's super proud of it like when it gets first place yeah beautiful moment <laughs> lots of good and moments. he's so jealous of the Ringo paintings when he's going through of like there's like four Ringo paintings then there's Ringo marrying Marge yeah. the painting they're just <laughs> in the attic <laughs> <laughs> that's when he's like hey yeah so who's next am I next oh dear I should have had my list pulled up. <laughs> okay, so we just did that one. So I'm going to talk about uh, the one that I wish I would have taken more notes on, but I wasn't taking notes at this. This is really early in the season, but it's two cars in every garage and three guys on every fish. Right. And I just think this is such a good, like, it's such a like it's such a good narrative Simpsons episode. And one of these, like, you know, the power plant strike level where you just like there's just really impressive storytelling in it and um a lot of a lot of good performances and i you know, like i said i really wish i would have written more down because i have like so much about each episode so somebody wants to pick up and then i can sort of jump back in yeah I, this episode. I really, that one was very close to being on my top five in fact i was like after i watched it i was like that's automatically in the top five i i can't leave it out and then it came down to really between that and uh, three men in a comic book. And I was like, oh, I just have so much more personal appreciation of, of you know, having grown up reading comics and stuff and everything. Anyway, um, but no, this episode is great. Uh, it's another one that's very strong with Marge um, being the one who kind of saves the day. I mean, she literally saved yeah. the town being run by an awful plutocrat who's demonstrably evil. Um and, uh, you know, she does it with no help. Like it's, it's just, she's on her own and put in a really bad spot by Homer. Um, and she still pulls through. I really, 
and I, I love all the episodes where they dig into politics, where there's like any substance to it whatsoever. Um, and, you know, especially during the golden years, they did it a few times to, to very good effect. I think this is in that vein as well, because when they're showing, you know, not only Burns's idea to run for governor is for self-serving purposes to get out of having to, uh, you know, bring the plan up to code or whatever. Um, and then, you know, following through with like, this very cynical campaign that he runs with very like cliched, um, you, you know, stump talking points on the stump and everything. Um, I think it paints a bit of a cynical picture of politics, which is good. I think people mm-hmm. should have a certain amount of cynicism about it um, without also being like completely, um, you know, they're not, this, this episode is not doom posting. They're not saying like, it doesn't matter. Uh, nothing matters. Who, who right. cares to put in there? Um, so there's a bit of optimism in that way as well. Uh, I really liked, you know, obviously the introduction of Blinky, um, this, you know, very iconic part of the Simpsons, um, lore at this point. Um, but like they, everything that they, they, they pack a lot into this episode and it's, it's very, to me, very, um, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it would be weird to call it like, you know, edge of your seat stuff, but the pace is so fast. There's so much to go, to see and to, you know, go through that it, it goes by in a blink and it's just such yes. an easy watch. Yeah. And it, it's so, it, it, it's, it's always satisfying. It always delivers. And there's so much, I feel like too, I wanted to say that very, the beginning scene where they're, they're doing the safety tour of the power plant and seeing all the damage that feels like a later season. Like, I feel like that could have been lifted right from like, Homer goes to college like they do something very similar but like that that character I think who's also in that doing very similar thing I just thought that was that was pretty tight for an early season with the jokes and the pacing and yeah I feel that with the whole episode and they do they do nail the the satire in this and they do a really good job making Burns seem plausible as a candidate here and they do a good job like you know parroting the different tactics people use to get ahead and I, yeah, this is another one where, you know, similar to the Brush with Greatness, where we see Marge, you know, really, you know, take control and and drive this whole thing. And, you know, she's her and Homer are butting heads because Homer wants to wants to vote for Burns pretty much because he's Burns' boss and he wants holidays off. I'm there with Homer, too. He wants more holidays like <laughs> that's uh Totally agree, Homer. But like, obviously, Burns is a terrible candidate, but he's pretty much supporting him because he's, you know, he is, you know, I guess he seems like he actually does care a little bit, but Marge actually cares about the issues. And it's cool to see this. It's really cool to see the moment with Lisa and Marge where Lisa is kind of looking to Marge and being like, she did, you know, they're at they're invite Burns over because they would just want to have a dinner with, you know, random family, ask them softball questions um, that, you know, burn can make Burns get, you know, push him that little bit over, you know, to get the election. And Lisa reads the card, you know, which is kind of surprising considering, you know, we're still figuring out who Lisa is and it feels like there's a lot of things in this season where it's like, okay, she's getting closer and closer, but she still reads this question, you know, that they pre-prepared for, for her to ask Burns and, like she feels gross about it. She goes to Marge and Marge is like, don't worry. Like I've got this. And she does like, you know, she brings out Blinky and I just, that's such a cool moment to see like, 
Mar Lisa look up to Mar or look for Marge, you know, like in a situation like this. And Marge is like, I got it. Don't worry. And yeah. takes care of it. That's really cool. This was definitely um, a season where, like you said, they're kind of figure out who Lisa is. But I feel like she gets to be a kid more in in season two than in any other seasons. So she's more like she's not she doesn't have any strong stances on stuff, but she's obviously has um, a more moral like compass way of looking at stuff like um, than the other characters do. So like I think that she is definitely supposed to be like the the person that we're all like at, the person that is going to find an, an issue with something, I guess. Um, but like. Forget where I was going with that, you guys. <laughs> But yeah, it was just fun to see her, I think, just being a kid for a little bit. And I think this was part of seeing her as a kid being like, I don't know what to do in this situation. I have to go to an adult for it. Like yeah. later, Lisa's going to be like, I'm going to be I'm going to in charge, like especially when Homer gets dumber. Lisa is supposed to be like the mostly the parent over Homer sometimes. So it's fun to see her like have to go to, to March for something just because she is she's just an eight year old kid. Yeah. Yeah, not only does do, do we get to see her be a kid, but we specifically get her to see, you know, see her be a kid under the age of 10. You know, there's yeah. all the stuff that Lisa does in seasons future where, you know, it is kid-like behavior, but you could probably ascribe it more to like a teenager or something like that because she's just wise beyond her years. But like, this is the season where we have her, cr you know, crying, I want my mommy so they can get through the, uh, you know, water park lines and stuff. And then also, yeah, not having all the answers in a situation where, you know, there's a big political uh, moment happening in her household with, you know, cameras there and everything. Uh, Marge is the one who can save the day on that one. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. And she seems to get along better with Bart in the seasons too. Like they're, they yeah. actually like bond together more They're especially like, I think it was, it was the last episode cause they wanted to go to the, um, the crusty water park and they just kept saying that over and over again to um homer and they're they're more like on the same page for like these first couple seasons than they are later on so it's nice to have their relationship like actually be like it feels more real i think earlier on with that so sure yeah yeah Very they feel fun. more like siblings this this season whereas like in later seasons for comedic purposes they're more like roommates yeah 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 that's definitely true <laughs> I also in this episode I like the the introduction with that the the news reporter guy just kind of like randomly coming up because it feels very creepy because I think like it feels like a scene where he's about to like abduct them or kill them or something oh, but yeah, he's still like hey yeah. hey kids because he has that very creepy voice when he comes up and talks to them they're just fishing which you never see uh Bart and Lisa go fishing together again I don't think but like they're just like randomly fishing. He comes up, "Hey kids, what are you guys doing over here?" And he's like, Haha, "I don't talk to my elders that way." Like it's a very scary like, little scene yeah. for what it's supposed to be. Well, this is my day, sir, and we do. Yeah, <laughs> love that. Great comeback. I feel like that has to be like a parody of something. Like that. That's how I specific. felt. Like I wasn't sure if that... either of you would know. Yeah, it just felt like a scene. I'm like, I. It feels like they pulled this out of something because they definitely do that in this episode a lot. Um, but yeah, it's nothing that I've seen or at least that came to mind when I saw it. So well, that wouldn't be the first time I didn't get a reference in The Simpsons. So I'm sure it's something and I just don't know what it is. So we're up to four now. So that's uh, well, before, before, before we, we move on from up. this episode. 
I also, I don't, um, the Charles Darwin impersonator that Burns gets oh, yeah. instead of, instead of anybody like that could talk on it, he's like, I have a Charles Darwin impersonator with me. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Loved it. I also felt like when he, this is how like grounded season two is often when, when Burns walks over to the elephant, it kind of took me a second. I was like, Whoa, like that doesn't feel like a, like they could do that. Even though it's like, that's a Simpsons joke. Like (laughs) that's something they do all the time. But for some reason, I don't just, I guess watching the episodes that came before this, I just wasn't prepared for there to be a giant elephant standing next to Burns and in that commercial. So I'm going to go ahead and confirm that uh, my number one is exactly the episode, Paul, that you said uh, isn't as good as everyone makes it out to be. I guarantee it. Did you and Kelly have a conversation when I was gone? <laughs> nope. I just uh, <laughs> I've been sitting on it, and we've been talking about other stuff. So I just want to say right now that uh, I I welcome and I accept your uh, reprobation when this comes down. I do tend, Paul. I... If my number one is the one <laughs> you said isn't as good, I'm gonna be fucking pissed as hell, and I'm not gonna welcome it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is exciting. <laughs> Um, so I just went, so Kelly, it is your turn. Okay. Um, so my, um, this will be my number four. I have Bart the Daredevil. Okay. Um, this is a fun, I think it's just a, um, narrative wise, it's just very fun. I like to see the relationship between Bart and Homer in this one. I think it's very sweet how like Homer tries to understand Bart and he also, knows that he can't stop him from doing this but he like he he thinks i feel like in this episode he thinks he knows bart more than he does and then he realizes he doesn't and then he gets that sweet moment at the end which is nice um but i just kind of like how this episode goes in general i like the starting with the band uh lisa playing the recital because like you said paul they're actually pretty fucking good like that's yeah. for a elementary school band like they're good like they uh, i think later on in the seasons they kind of play them up as like not knowing how to play their instruments but for this particular uh concert like it was actually like they were on the violin they had todd on the violin um lisa was playing the saxophone i was like this is some damn good music yeah um and then right from there they they um go straight to the the monster truck rally and i like the um, so Homer's like rushing out to get to the monster truck rally and he's like singing. I forget which song he's singing, but like Lisa's like, I got to him because she was like, I, I, That's I, a, I'm such not a sweet explaining moment. very well. Yeah. yeah like no, she's I like, I exactly got to him. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I'm not explaining very well, but and then they go to the monster truck rally and accidentally drive in there, which is a fun moment. And I love how like apologetic the monster truck rally is about it. They like have the insurance like all pulled up. Um, it's not like a, it's not like a one and done joke. It's just kind of like their car gets smashed up and then it's like, oh, but we got the insurance people here where we got this half bottle of champagne for yeah. you. <laughs> and like, I don't know why they make that scene go on for so long, but it's so good that they do. Um, but yeah, I like, um, that seeing the, I forget what the daredevil character, I never remember characters names in this. I know they're kind of like one offs in these, so it's not like imperative to know it. But the Daredevil they go watch, um, first of all, I love his show where he like actually makes it like over the jump and then he falls in and like gets like taken out by the lion. Everybody's just kind of like watching and um, yeah, it's just a fun episode, I guess. It is. Narrative wise going through. I feel like it's it's definitely the another one from season two that it's like this is a, this is a classic. I feel like 
I don't know if this is accurate, but this feels like one of those episodes that was just like a, a like a water cooler style episode back in the day. Because it feels like even later, like, you know, we probably we weren't uh, paying attention to it when season two was airing or probably like until season five ish. Um, so it's only just kind of knowing, you know, how big The Simpsons is and everything. But this one always felt like you saw it all the time. It was always in syndication. And, it, and like the, you know, Homer jumping over the gorge is such a big moment, too, that like it just seems like it sort of sticks out of the season quite a bit. It's just like a, this is this is one of those big episodes of The Simpsons. Yeah. Um, that everybody knows, like even if you're a casual fan, it's like I've seen a couple Simpsons episodes. This might be one that you've seen before um or if you don't even know anything about it like you you know the reference of jumping the gorge like that's like you can pretty much everyone i think too i feel like this was used in commercials or something just the homer like being shown like on the skateboard going down the hill so it's like i think just that in general was kind of used marketing wise like i i'm just saying that because that's how i kind of remember it i'm not saying this based on any sort of fact but I know that I've seen that scene and Homer on the skateboard way more than I've seen this episode. Yeah. And they have it like in the, that, uh, not clip show episode, but the behind the laughter episode. Is that what it is? Okay. They, I mean, they, it's, it's in there. It does pop up a lot. Like it's yeah. definitely something you see a lot. And I, I want to say it was one of the Butterfinger BB commercials that they had like uh... something. Ha- I think this happened in the Butterfinger BB commercial. Sure. I think you might be right um yeah there's this just fun the whole time it's like it's just popcorn you know it's yeah it's a it's a fun premise it you get to see like the monster truck rally the truckosaurus the whole thing the opening sequence with the cutting back and forth between the simpsons house and the bar and like seeing the um the truckosaurus thing for the first time on tv like or i don't whatever it was but like just that that whole thing is fun and then going like the recital part i think is they like for being a recital in this episode is pretty fun it's fun to see like homer's reaction to it it is funny that they're like there's no way elementary kids would be this good at any of this stuff or it would be it is funny how good they made them like i don't even think we touched instruments in elementary school it's like you wait till middle school and then you can try but, yeah, middle school and you're like sixth and seventh grade concerts are dog shit. Like I, I yeah. we have we have recordings of I think both of ours. <laughs> and it's like you feel so good in the moment, and then you look like you listen back and you're like, how are people not laughing at us? Yeah. And it's like you they probably are. And they're just like, well, <laughs> <laughs> this is, yeah, and it's it it's a cool moment that the stuff in the car is I think really sweet. And that just it does stick in my head quite a bit that I reached in line. Like I just always remember that. It's that very moment. sweet line. Yeah. Like yeah. he's just humming. Uh, he's not even humming a song that they were playing, but she's like, I reached him. <laughs> like even though he was like hurrying them all out, it was very important to her that she reached him. And that was very cute and sweet. And um yeah, I it's just it's yeah, like I said, it's just popcorn all the way through. Good time. Yeah, uh, echo all the things that you guys said. Also, I just wanted to say that not just Homer going over the gorge, but Homer falling down the fucking gorge. Uh, <laughs> yeah. To me, that's a big turning point for the show. Um, it's a, a good line that they crossed that of like, it's a little absurd. Um, obviously, could not ever happen. I and mean, then he would be dead, right? Like, <laughs> right. They, 
extent this episode does kind of get more cartoony you know lance murdoch getting uh pulled into a like kelly was saying the vat of all the world's you know craziest most dangerous animals including a lion um and living <laughs> to tell the tale i love all that and the animation of homer falling down the mountain is some of the most like upsetting and devastating stuff they've ever done on the show yeah and it's so good it's so funny like playing his pain for for big laughs and specifically that sequence of him going over the gorge and then falling down it you know a, a first and then second time that was like making like festival circuits like they <laughs> people, people clipped it and when like uh the simpsons would uh writers when they would go on the road to do like talks at colleges or whatever like that was their go-to clip uh to get the crowd laughing and everybody in a good mood um <laughs> it works a, yeah it, it works it's such a great piece of of writing mixing with the the art like it's exactly what makes the simpsons so great is that yeah somebody wrote this and then somebody like just drew the hell out of it yeah they were like <laughs> okay i got it i got i get what you're doing they're just like i'm like i'm sitting here laughing thinking about it especially that the sequence where he falls all the way down they have him on a stretcher they're putting him in the ambulance the ambulance immediately hits a tree the back opens <laughs> comes out of the ambulance that is such a like you would not i feel like there's there's no chance that any of these other episodes are gonna have something close to this this is like <laughs> five and up level joke uh like yeah. cruel to homer joke but it's like you were never even for a second supposed to think like well homer's dead right he's like, fucking dead <laughs> It's just like it, the whole time you're just like, yeah, well, I mean, it's Homer's, so it'll be fine. <laughs> but it's so funny, yeah. and it. I think you're you're what you're saying, Joe, or well, at least what I was thinking you're saying is correct. Where it's like this is the turning point where it's like, oh, it's funny when Homer gets really badly hurt, <laughs> and people don't care. Like people aren't taken out of the show at all. Let's keep doing that, and uh, here we are now. Yeah, it's it's the moment. It's, to me, it's a, a very big turning point of them going so far in this direction of reality. You know, um, they call it rubber band reality, but going so far in that direction of uh, of a, a, almost immersion breaking craziness um, to get a laugh. And I'm glad they did it. It's great. Yeah, definitely. It was a it was a risk, and it it totally worked out. So. And you're right, animation-wise, it was just very well done. Like, I loved the all the lion animation of it popping back out and dragging the Daredevil guy back into the water. Um, another scene, though, that was very funny that I don't think I've ever really caught before is when, so Lisa and Bart go to visit him in the hospital, and he's, like, up in the stretcher with, like, all, like in all the bandages. And, like, they're talking to him at first about how Bart's going to, like, be a Daredevil, and, like, he's all on board with it. And then he, like, tells the doctor and the nurse, he's like, I need time alone with the kids, which is very, like, and then they're just kind of like, okay, they leave. And then he just tells Bart that it's cool that he's doing it again. Like, he doesn't even change what he said. And it, like, I wasn't sure, like, what that scene was even, like, going for. He's like, I need a alone time with the kids. Hey, Bart. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I think it was like, we're supposed to think like, he's going to have a heart to heart. Like, listen, son, <laughs> I've been through a lot of training and you can't just start. A it's it's just funny that it's like how irresponsible he was. But... <laughs> yeah, it's very funny that like, he's clearly they're telegraphing. Like Lance will tell him that the, the true horrors of being a daredevil. He's like, yes, I will. Uh, give me a second. Oh, fuck box. <laughs> you gotta do it, dog. Yeah, it's just, and I, I, there was a moment where 
it's Homer and Hibbert, which I don't think you get like positive interactions between these two quite like ever. And it's just <laughs> funny that they're like, they're both just as interested in TV. Like Hibbert has this side of him that just really likes this like violent TV. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I appreciated that. I just, I have a good time watching this every single time. Yeah, it's a banger. Well, I suppose then, is it, uh, whose was that? That was Kelly's? That was mine. Okay, Joe. Well, mine was, my number three was Simpson and Delilah, so we can just move on. I see. I got to do another one. Do you want to <laughs> do your next one, Joe? Yeah, just sure. do your next one. Okay. Uh, yeah, so my number two is Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Um, I think, to me, if we're just talking like, you know, obviously Danny DeVito, is the uh, guest star of it. Uncle Herb is... Uh, Uncle you know, Herb. Well, depending on who's talking to him. <laughs> uh, yes, Uncle Herb is a character that would come back, you know, for a, a, a great reprise uh, some years later. Um, I love Danny DeVito anyway. Um, I loved him uh, around, you know, well before he was ever on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but then he's been also been great on that. Like, he's just a, a source of true joy for me. Um, again, really impressed that he's one of the earlier celebrities who like lent his name to the show, but of course he had the connection with James L. Brooks, um, going all the way back to taxi. Uh, it's, it's fun for, in that perspective. It's fun from the perspective of, um, seeing the Simpsons, like, you know, go out into Detroit and, you know, into the, the, the actual United States, getting away from Springfield for a little while. Um, but then the arc itself is great too. We're like, Herb is this. Uh, totally, you know, overconfident, rich guy who is just like, you know, he can like get himself out of anything. Um, he's not really worried about you know anything in the world other than like connecting with family, obviously. But uh, he didn't he didn't count on just how catastrophic it would be to put Homer in charge of anything. Uh, <laughs> and it's very funny that he's not really ruined by Homer. He's ruined by his overconfidence and his lack of uh, of you know concern. That's uh, how I felt too. Rewatching this, I was like, none of this is Homer's fault at all. Mm-mm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, and like Herb reacts, you know, this is, I don't think this is on purpose. I think you know, this is more of a meta discussion of the show, but Herb reacts exactly to what rich guys do, which is to blame somebody else <laughs> for their, their, yeah. um, but of course it gets resolved. It's really, to me, it was a very interesting thing that they didn't resolve it in this episode. You know, they had to resolve it years later. Uh, I think it was, I think that's the season four episode where he comes back. Yeah, I think it's the very end of season three. Oh, like okay. There but yeah, it's, it's just a very, it's a bold choice to like leave this sort of on kind of a sour note. Um, and <clears throat> everything that they do, you know, everything leading up to that point where, you know, he's ruined in front of the Pope uh, <laughs> is it's, it's super funny and it's very, it's a lot of fun. Like I enjoy uh, seeing them get to, you know, the Simpsons getting to experience something uh, that's way beyond their means in the way that they all respond to it. You know, I think despite the fact that Marge is very concerned about spoiling Bart and Lisa by having them play with penguins and, and on boats and whatnot, uh, I think they're actually doing a great job. Uh, Bart and Lisa are having a lot of fun and uh, not being too bratty about it. So um, I don't know. I, I really, I, I enjoyed the jokes in this, but more than anything else, I really enjoyed them getting outside of their regular comfort box uh, and doing something a little different that ended up being, you know, having a, a, a lasting impression on the, uh, you know, the 
I guess you say the lore of the show. Is this the first The Simpsons go-to episode? Because I know we had Bart and France in, in season one. Do we have? Is there any other time where they all pick up and go somewhere? Is Detroit the first one? Boy, um, if yeah, that, if it's just like a general stuff, like they go, you know, into the wilderness, or they go, yeah, splash more. But there's in terms of like an actual destination. Yeah, I mean, I think it might be this is the first time they go as a family anywhere outside of Springfield. Yeah, so there it is, Detroit, number one, the very first location that. That's what that means. uh, Detroit is number one. (laughs) Number one city. It's a great city. Um, Yeah. I think number one city might be Detroit. (laughs) Detroit. Yeah. That's. Oh, poor Homer. That's definitely like a a really dumb Homer moment that there's there's less of in the season, but they're starting to pop up more where he's not getting the hint that his uh, half brother lives in Detroit. Yes. Um, It's also so sad that, like, Hebert's half brother or whatever who like will never Homer can't put two and two together and like get those guys reunited I know like if it were any other human being on the planet if Marge would have come with them like they could have been like oh hey well I know your brother like but it's Homer or it's like he either doesn't care he's probably thinking he's like he looks a lot like Dr. Hibbert like, <laughs> <laughs> just can't get there I th- I'm interested that that this is so high because I I enjoy this episode but I don't, I don't know. There's something about it. I think it's specifically for me that it's, and it's not anything where I think it's like, it's doesn't feel like it, it could, would happen that way, but it's like the Unky Herb stuff. And like both of you have said already where it's like, Homer, you're the every man tell these people that have been doing this job their entire lives, something, you know, nothing about, and I'm going to put blind faith in you. Apparently, allow a commercial for this car to be filmed that that homer helps design and not even take a look at it has no idea what this thing looks like has no idea that it's going to cost eighty four thousand dollars like it's just completely in the dark about this whole thing and turns around and is telling homer that he ruined him and it's at the same time it's like they were talking about it a lot it's like well this car is going to save us so it's like okay so you were already like you were really hoping that um that this car that you made Homer design for you is going to work out. And people kept warning him too. This is just like, well, it's not just like, but like Burns in the other episode just did this with the paintings in Marge. Like they, yeah, they just keep like putting people in situations and then just like telling them to do stuff and just putting blind faith into them. Um, it was, it was obviously uh, more catastrophic to put Homer in charge, but yeah, the, the people that worked at the plant like just kept saying it. They're like, it doesn't work that way. And then yeah. Homer's like, oh, like, even Homer has no faith in what he's saying. He's like, oh, if it doesn't work that way, it doesn't work that way. And then Herb has to come in and be like, it has to work that way. Yeah, And then he yeah, blames Homer's, Homer. Homer's very ready to be like, well, you know, just let Homer sit there and, and, and you know, collect a paycheck. He will yeah. be much more helpful to you staying out of the way. And then you could do like an ad campaign where you're like, I'm the everyman and I help design this car and some stupid thing like that instead of putting, you know, the fate of your entire company in, into Homer's. A man you have no idea what he's capable of. It's not Homer's fault. He can't design a car. He does not work in that field. Like, Yeah. And he felt but- <laughs> so bad. I hate seeing Homer sad when there's no reason for him to be sad. Like yeah. all that, all that being said though, there's no way this 
episodes work if that's not the case because yeah. it is a very cruel episode dougie herb in a way that i'm like okay like yeah rich guy trying to find a scapegoat practically and then ends up biting him completely in the ass and like screw him who cares and it's like yeah that's fine like it's it's a pretty cruel episode to him but only because of things he did and it's like you're not you're just going to abandon these people it's like did you really care about bart and lisa did you just want to put up that like as soon as it's like well you know i guess i'm just gonna abandon all of you and you ruin me and goodbye like it's yeah just... it felt more like a very tourist type of person going through like i feel exactly. like his interest yeah. in in bart and lisa was very like it, it wasn't genuine even though i feel like it was very forced so like it didn't surprise me when he's just kind of like I'm done. Like I played, <laughs> it was like, he was like, I'm playing fun uncle for the day and then I'll be done. Yeah. And it's almost like that, like the way he was like out there, you know, with Marge, it was like, Oh, they're the family. You know, it's almost like I want a wife and kids. So I'm going to yeah. take homers for a while. And yeah. Just going to test this out and then be like, well, that was fine. I'm done. <laughs> but yeah. Well, you know, uh, Paul, you're asking, you know, how the, this particular episode could carry that much weight for me. And I think that there may actually be um, some way to explain it where um, if you were watching these shows as they came out in real time versus tracking back, you know, after becoming aware of them a little bit later, mm -hmm. um, I've just, I'm noticing looking at my list that like my list is very heavy on like big guest stars. And I think that's because that was a big fucking deal. <laughs> like, yeah. To have, a huge guest star was like by no means, um, you know, a fait accompli at that point in time. Um, you know, I think oh, I'm trying to remember, obviously you have, uh, uh, what's her name? Penny Marshall in the first season or whatever. Right. But like in terms of like super noticeable or super famous people being on this show, it was a massive deal, uh, for me to see as a little kid, uh, and be like, even if it was somebody I wasn't like, super familiar with even if they were famous enough for me as a little kid to know who they were unlike penny marshall sorry penny uh <laughs> it blew me away like it was very cool it was like an endorsement of this thing that i love so much and it was also i was like very proud on behalf of the show that they were able to to get those people on there and of course if you start watching the simpsons in season four or five or something then you're like yeah of course they have the biggest stars in the world everyone wants to be on this yeah. show except yeah. weirdly tom cruise or something um so I, I think there probably is like a lasting impression that the show left on me um, with, with these particular episodes that I'm, I'm picking that were just, they felt like a huge amount of um, you know, the mag, um, magnitude. It is funny too, that it's like you go from, and yeah, you're, I think you're, you're definitely right. Cause it's like, like I was saying before, like I, when I was aware that I was watching new episodes of the Simpsons, they were in season, I would say probably maybe four, definitely five. Um, I would say six. I just yeah I remember there's some specifically a five that I remember I wa I remember watching the Bart gets an alpha episode with dad because that's our dad's favorite episode he loves that episode um is that just the only just, episode he remembers now I'm sure it is like every time we talk about the Simpsons he talks about stamping the elephant he loves stamping the elephant <laughs> that's um, how he is with Mean Girls I feel like he just has two things he knows yeah <laughs> but that's yeah. You know, we would crowd around uh, in our um, parents' bedroom and watch our tiny TV and like I yeah it was like, but I was was saying with the guest stars is is that it was um that 
it is it's weird that you go from them like not even wanting to use their own name to just like they'll pop in and just be like i'm this person i'm yeah. this celebrity and they're like you're that celebrity yep gotta go and like <laughs> that's like the most of the jokes now and it's like it's yeah it's it's it is i can totally see that being exciting when you're especially if it's like you're watching the episode and you hear the voice and it's like is that like is that danny devito like that's pretty cool and like he does he has such a presence on everything that he does and similar to harvey fire scene where it's like that voice is just like there's no there's no mistaking that voice um Except, and, Paul, if you're me, sometimes you'll be watching and be like, why can't I place this voice? And then it's Danny DeVito and you feel like a fucking idiot. I'm because sorry. Of course, I, I it's did, Danny DeVito. I was unaware of this. I wasn't trying. To, <laughs> I wasn't trying and this to didn't happen anything. with this watch, but it's happened before on um, <laughs> rewatches where I'm just kind of like, I know this voice and I can't place it. And then you feel like, especially with a Danny DeVito voice, you're like, oh, my God. Yes, that is what it is. Yeah. So. Definitely. Or, yeah, or, unmistakable to some. <laughs> yeah, and the, the guests are like like we've had with Kelsey Grammer too, where it's just like they're just such a powerful voice, and it's cool to see a character, and it's cool that they're creating. You know, we'll see this again, and I'm sure one we'll talk about soon. But it's like it's cool that they're creating characters in the Simpsons universe instead of being um, some sort of like sort of version of themselves or just themselves. It's really cool to see them take on a character and create a part of, you know, the world the Simpsons live in. And, and with Danny, it's a pretty major part that does not come up. I don't know if there's some like Renaissance of this character later on, but like, as far as I think all of us know, maybe it's just like, he's in two and three and, and Herb is gone. Like, He's gone from memory. I don't remember him being like, there's no mention. There's no grandpa being like, I wish I had her. Like, it's just, he's gone. Um, so that's, that's a weird part of it too. But yeah. Controversy. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I don't know. What do you think? So let me read the list right now. Let me make sure I don't, because we should be at six right now. So I've got Bart the Daredevil. Uh, Thanksgiving, Brush with Greatness, uh, Two Cards in Every Garage, Two Guys on Every Fish, and uh, Simpson and Delilah. Is that correct? Is that the five? Uh, yeah, that could be the five. That, that would toss off Three Men in the Comic Book, which... Oh, crap. I, I forgot not, to put that one on there. Not, like, super hard for, so, yeah. I would rather have, personally, have Three Men in a Comic Book on this list. I um, would take Thanksgiving off. Yeah. No, I understand. I understand. Yeah. Oh, I'll say it. I'm not scared. I'm not scared anymore. I'll say it. Um, so I think actually we need to knock another one off. I think this, because if I take Thanksgiving off with those other ones, we already have five. So now I'm going to knock Thanksgiving off. I agree. It doesn't need to be in the top five. I just wanted to talk about it. Um, and I'm going to add, um, this is, oh, brother, where art thou? Correct. See, I, th I think I think where we're at is um, probably so Simpson and Delilah we agree on. I think Bart the Daredevil is probably going to end up in there. Um, Brush with Greatness is going to end up being in there. That's three. And then I think we have to leave off Oh Brother Where Art Thou because I don't think I got a whole lot of uh, sense from you guys that you're super into it. And then that would leave Two Cars in Every Garage and uh, Three Men in a Comic Book. Okay. Is that a, for now? Is that good? Yeah. Okay. That's good. 
But I don't I mean do- to derail for a second, but um, I've had this chair that I'm sitting in for like five years, and I just found out that it has a pop-out footrest. Whoa! Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because the, the lever's thing. on the inside of the chair, not on the outside. So like I felt something poking my like on the side of my leg and I thought it was like a hairbrush or something. So I pulled on it and the footrest popped out. And I'm like, what the fuck? Isn't it anyway. weird when stuff like that happens and you have a moment where you're like, think of all the times I could have. I know. I'd be like- using, I'm probably going to move this chair into the main room now. Because now like I had it because it was kind of a bullshit chair. Because you can't really, like it's not very comfortable and it's not like a good guest chair. So like I've just kind of had it in the other room. But now things have changed. Things have changed. This is a lead uh, chair now. <laughs> um, is it my turn next? Yes. So, Unless you want to keep talking about the chair. <laughs> is it my turn? Because I think it's my turn, but I hear somebody <laughs> else talking. <laughs> um, no, that was not supposed to I, I'm trying to decide which one of these two I actually have at number one. So I'm going to go ahead and start talking about this one because I think I have my this other one at number one. This is okay. the episode that I feel like is probably the first, if not just the first example of a side character uh, A-plot story, uh, and that's Principal Charming. And oh. I always, I really like, I really like Principal Skinner. Um, I think even when other characters start to get shaky later on, he's even though he's got one of the most uh, controversial episodes, um, I do feel like he's pretty consistent as a character throughout. And to make boring funny is just like Harry Shearer does an incredible job at that and it excels especially here. And it's really cool. It's funny to me that it's like, again, unless I'm I'm missing something or this this is the first like you know side character you know where they're they're front and center and so much it's like they're you know it's principal skinner dating um or yeah patty because they it's supposed to be selma but patty gets mixed up in it so it's it's patty and it's it's principal skinner like those are the stars of this episode and that's a that's another thing where it's like that's a that's kind of a risk. Like you're going into it, it's like you've got Mr. Burns, you've got uh Ned Flanders, you've got these characters pretty fleshed out, and like they've had big stories, but they're you they're still center around the family mostly. And this is this is where you step away and get to see these two characters. And I thought that was it's an interesting choice to start with this, but I really like it. And I I I really like that when you get some like sympathetic uh patty and selma episodes i think they're in- really interesting characters and they could have easily just been one-off jokes and he- this is where it's like you know just to give them something like this and and they did like julie counter doing like those two voices and you- they are distinct like they're mm-hmm. two separate they're two separate people and you can really start to see that here where you can see Patty is more like, she's the one that's like, you know, I don't, I don't want to be with anyone. We kind of figure more about that later in the series run, but it's like, you know, she, she's rejecting all of principal Skinner's advances. She's not interested in being in a relationship at all. And Selma is, you know, and she's always, they've always played it that way. You know, she's, she wants a family. She feels a little bit stuck in her situation. She feels like she's, you know, needs to stay with Patty and like, 
and that's like i really like seeing that and they do such a good job like the the first like spotlight on them is is really good and like there and just otherwise it's a really funny episode like there's a lot of good jokes in it it's like um i don't know i i feel like i've talked too much about it but i just like i'm a big fan of this episode no i i think it's a a very fun episode um and it's incredible that this early in the show that they are expanding out to these pretty minor characters and making them the centerpiece like you were saying um you don't have to do that in season two. Season two, you have so many stories left to tell with the family. That's like a season 35 move where you're like, okay, uh, the uh, Herman goes on a date with Marge's mom. Uh, what? <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, it's like this, it's, it's a very cool idea that they did this so early. Um, I, I don't think it's problematic. I don't, I, don't, I, I I think it's probably uh, fine because there's nothing like negative or anything, but like the whole Terminator bit early in the show where yeah. trying to find Patty or trying to find Selma, a man and uh, Bart doing the crank call of Homer sexual to Moe's tavern. And then later on during the Terminator vision, Homer uh, sees a guy's like con possible Homer sexual. Uh, <laughs> it's worth it that Bart did that. Like, slightly homophobic thing it's worth it what the fuck am i saying that? just because like you get that better joke later like it's just, it's a funny it makes me laugh when i see it every time because it's like yeah I, to me sorry no go ahead uh it works because like i don't think i think there's an interpretation of it too or bart like bart doesn't have a problem with anyone being gay like we he used sure. to even later on right but he knows that like these dudes these particularly these dudes uh, who are like, I guess probably, you know, Gen X or whatever would have weird hangups about it. Uh, so like just playing with their homophobia when he calls it into the bar uh, is very funny to me. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, there's a lot of great little bits. Yeah. I think this is the first appearance of Willie. Um, oh, I didn't even think about that. Cause Willie just feels so like ingrained in it, but you're right. Yeah. It's like when you see Gil for the first time in like season nine, you're like, he's always yeah. been there. <laughs> Yeah, uh, there's there's a lot of this show, this episode to recommend it. Um, the only thing I will say is that uh, this is the episode that uh, when I got my second season DVD set, it was like a brand new episode to me. It's like I had never seen it before in my entire life. Oh, really? Like, okay. Yeah, I I think I'd probably only seen it like once and then memory hold it because um, they never played it in syndication ever. Hmm. Like when I was when I was watching as a you know growing up as a kid. And so it was like this wonderful joy of, of um, uh, you know, of, of discovery when this came on. Cause I was just like racking my brain. Like, where have I ever seen this? Have I seen this? And I was like, no, I don't think I have. Like, it was crazy um, for somebody who had seen probably at that point, you know, 800 Simpsons episodes or whatever, you know, after what, cause there was a, the hour of syndication every day, Monday through Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was kind of that that's this episode's kind of um little fun bit for me personally. Um, but because I had missed out on it for so long, like it, I didn't really have a chance to, for it to like grow in my personal estimation, which is you know why it, it remains outside of my top five. But um, I think it is, you know, it, it's like we were just talking about a second ago. It's got so many great things going on in it that I could totally see it being in someone else's top five for sure. 
I, it's funny that you say that you didn't see it very often because I don't know if this is a regional thing, but this is one, another one from season two that we got all the time. Really? Um, and there are some I'll talk about later when they come up. There are some that I saw for the first time getting. I used to have this guide, that the Simpsons episode guide, and I'd always thought that um, Radio Bart was the last episode I hadn't seen. And um, I, I like it took me a long time to finally see it in syndication. But then there was one, another one in season two I had never seen before. Um, but this is, yeah, this one I remember airing quite a bit. I'm very familiar with it. Um, and that might be part of it. Maybe it's just more nostalgic for me and for it being like one of the first times we get to see a non-family episode. Um this is yeah. slightly off topic. It just made me think oh, of it. Good. But I remember uh, just hearing you guys say that. I remember there was this one time in like high school, I was watching Seinfeld reruns and there was one that came out. I don't even remember which one it was, but I just remember it was a brand new episode of Seinfeld to me. Like I'd never seen it. And I just like posted that as just like a fun thing on Facebook. I was like, there's an episode of Seinfeld I'd never seen. I didn't think anything of it. And then um my sit, my sister's mother-in-law, I guess, was just telling everybody that. So like, I'd go to like family <laughs> stuff, and she'd be, and people would be like, "I heard there was like a Seinfeld episode you've never seen." I'm like, "Why the fuck is this something that like <laughs> she's telling better. everybody?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that was funny. That's so that no, that's hilarious. It's like uh, <laughs> it's like when Bart is like trying on underwear or whatever, or trying on shorts, I guess, at the you know at the at the store. And then Marge opens the door on him and everybody starts laughing. Mm -hmm. Background, like, look at that stupid kid. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Like, what, what the fuck? Like, why? What, what's with all this? There was an episode of Seinfeld she's <laughs> never seen. I was like, how many fucking people did you tell? Like, how is that even interesting? Um, this kid I know hasn't seen an episode of Seinfeld. Somebody died from like a heart attack after they she told them. Like, people are <laughs> losing their minds everywhere. What? No. Everybody has seen that episode. Everybody. <laughs> um, to to try to sell this, I'm just gonna. I made a, so many notes on this. I could tell this is one of my favorites because I have like a a huge thing in here about. But like, I really I like the Selma dating Barney thing and like oh so good her just being like yeah just give me whatever and then just how horrible barney is in that last scene where patty goes to the bar to get selma and someone's like listen barney and yeah like she's just like i'm not even gonna bother <laughs> with this guy Bring my heart, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah then he's like immediately over it um the cherry cordial joke i what i i felt that i this is i just wanted to get your all's opinion about this because um uh, skinner goes up to barton's like what's your aaron's favorite candy he's like uh cherry cordial sure sir and like he's like okay and then he gets them for her and she's he's like i heard you like these and she's just like yeah they're good and like <laughs> throws them. so it's like what was it like i thought like bart was like gonna get her something that i obviously have seen this before so i knew but it's like he didn't like say something she absolutely hated or <laughs> like she wasn't allergic to something in it it's just like she's fine with them <laughs> like so does bart know like does he actually mention so was he being helpful in that moment i don't know <laughs> i just enjoy that yeah um, my reading of it was always that like she actually does like cherry cordials quite a bit but she would never give anybody the satisfaction yeah uh, yeah i could see that like that's definitely a patty move like oh uh, yeah fine you're right 
Um, the line uh, when Homer's like confirming that he's interested in women, and, and uh, Skinner says uh, these pants come off at night just like anyone else. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, what a weird. It's just like someone who has never had a conversation close to that. Uh, <laughs> never had sex either. Yeah, we figured that out later. So that makes sense. Um, yeah, I just just a, a fun time. Uh, a lot of fun Bart prank stuff some funny like why why does Skinner trust Bart with any like anything related to, to yeah he does like a completely 180 on Bart he's like I, like especially their whole relationship up to this has been what it is and then yeah. all of a sudden he's like but he's just so smitten with Patty I think that's all he's thinking about like yeah I love how into Patty he is and uh <laughs> I thought it was a very nice moment that uh, Skinner thought that tater tots that served at the elementary school were the best money could buy. Like that's such a Skinner moment. And it's just, I was like, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Also them, them bonding over him dunking on that former student uh, who's like almost 30. Oh yeah. That's so away, so... Which is fine. Yeah. It's okay that he's that, but like uh, the two of them being, uh, being mean to service workers, being a bonding point is very funny. <laughs> that is so funny. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. So we've got five episodes. I'm, I'm not going to be heartbroken if this falls out. Uh, this is just a personal, you know, one that I've always always stuck out, stuck out to me. So what do we think? We've got it's not one. <laughs> oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say it's not one of my, I don't think I'd knock anything off for it, but I, I also enjoyed the episode. That's kind of where I'm at, TBH. Off it goes. Okay, um, we are uh, to Kelly. So my my next up is that Bart gets hit by a car. Um, I I think maybe my favorite part of this is the introduction. Like, of course, it's another Burns heavy episode, so it's bringing that in. But I I think is this this is the introduction of Lionel Hutz, right? I think it must be. I think I'm pretty good. sure. I was going to say that confidently, and then I. Uh, decided to do this instead um <laughs> it's the first appearance of Lionel Hutz but I I just love that initial scene with him where he uh, um has been chasing ambulances and he's just standing when Bart wakes up uh with the family he's just posed there with his arms over him smiling like he's part yeah. of the family no one's quite <laughs> like how long has he been standing there no one's questioning that he's there until Bart does um, I just, it's a great introduction of Lionel Hutz, like, um, and I love, um, Lisa immediately asking, uh, fuck, what did she say? Fuck, I was ready. Yeah. Um, no, when she's he, asked him if he's a shyster. Yes, yes, that's what she says. How's <laughs> a nice girl if you know a big word like that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yes, I love that. Um, and I just I love having Lionel uh, having Lionel Hutz in an episode is just going to bring it up for me. So I loved all the court stuff with um, Burns and um, them going through it. I loved um, all the doctor. Is this the this isn't the first time we've seen Dr. Nick. I don't know that one for sure. I think it is. I can't is say it? for sure, but I feel like this is the first time I remember seeing him. In any, and he pops up later in the season, but I think he's introduced here. I yeah, I love all, all the Dr. Nick stuff um, and him like bandaging up and um, uh, all like the the moral between um, Marge and Homer, like trying to get more and more money. Uh, it's just it's a very fun episode for me. 
And you see this here that looks like a smudge? No, that's Trump. <laughs> He's like on point immediately. Like yeah. both of these characters are. Lionel Hutz and Dr. Nick Riviera are both on point. Like they did not, like they came in hot with these characters. So absolutely. Uh, this is an yeah, interesting it's funny one. getting them both at yeah. once because they're they're very similar characters, but they're not exactly the same. But it's like they're they're all they're very quick witted with a very dumb comment that's gonna come. So <laughs> like um yeah, they they kind of parallel each other that way, even though they're not really the same kind of character, but it's it's very fun. What were you saying, Paul? I I I don't know. I but just the like picking back off that, it's like, yeah, I I loved seeing these two characters together. I don't think like for good, like I'm glad Hutz became the Hutz that Hutz became, but I liked how sleazy he was in this episode. I know. Like he's competent for the first time. He's never been competent in any of these other episodes. Like he's always like, like when he's talking with Homer for the first time and like he hears the ambulance, he starts to get up. Like he's about to go chase yeah. and he's like, oh, wait. <laughs> Like he's really good at being a sleaze bag, and he very <laughs> he almost wins it for him. Like it's nothing that he did really, but like he's he still got we got the huts the where he was Marge is doing the um she's on the stand at the end and she's like oh my mother always said if you can't say something nice don't say anything at all about Nick Riviera. It's like Homer's like well that will up in court. It's like Hutz is no, like I tried. <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> he's done it before. Uh, there's there's a lot of good little jokes in here. This one always feels weird to me. This is definitely one that I remember seeing in syndication, but not very often. Yeah, and like it's one that I'm always like when I when it came up when I was watching it, uh, I was like, oh man, this is like this is gonna be a blast from the past because it's not one I go to um very often at all. But it's it's a good episode. Um, I, we do have to talk about the ending which I think knocks it down quite a bit for me um, where we've got, unless I'm thinking, no, this is the right one where, so there's, they decide that they're, or, you know, Burns thinks he's going to lose, uh, you know, is going to agree to take a settlement. And then they overhear Marge and Homer talking and Marge is like, listen, I don't feel good about this. Like, and, you know, Burns learns for the first time, okay, these aren't real doctors. These aren't real injuries. Marge testifies, you know, blows the whole thing. Homer loses, or they all lose this money. It's Bart that actually is injured, but it's centering all around Homer trying to push all this stuff. And um, and then we have this scene in the bar where oh, yeah. it's still one of the most jarring things, no matter how many times I see it or like no one's coming, where it's just like, after all that, we've got, again, it somehow becomes this like, purely homer thing where it's like we got to resolve homer's thing and he's decided that he doesn't think he can love marge anymore because she blew his quote-unquote big chance and um, all the bedroom stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a funny line uh, and so he's like she's like taking this and it's like in the right you know, it's just did something, stood up for something she believed in. I mean, it's shitty that uh, Burns is not doing anything, but Bart didn't have any serious injuries. So it's like all she's doing is 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 what she believes is truly the right thing and doesn't trust these sleaze bags. And then it's like 
all the blame goes on to Marge at the end where it's like, is Homer going to forgive Marge? And like, is he, he says, he says out loud that he doesn't think he can love her anymore, which is just like, wow. Yeah, that's fucked up. That's that is a line that is a ending to put into this and that like he has to like look her all the way you know starts at her feet goes all the way up to her eyes like oh who am I kidding I love you and then uh, leads to a very funny mo scene at the end that where he he has the pictures half off and then it's domestic only and then you can't share them <laughs> that made me laugh so hard uh, just that progression <laughs> that quick progression into the credits. <laughs> So funny that I almost forgave this ending, but I don't know. I thought that was pretty rough. It no, is, it, especially it, for how fun of an episode it is up until then with like the new characters of Hudson and Dr. Nick. It's kind of a, a jarring switch. Yeah. Good, Joe. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say that they talk about it on the commentary where, because uh, the, the, the exact line that Homer says uh, after he like looks into her eyes, he's like, Who am I kidding? I love you more than ever. Uh, and then we get another oh Homer uh, <laughs> but then yeah like even the writers are like why does he love her more than ever <laughs> doesn't make any sense uh, yeah it's it's a very goofy ending um, I actually do like what they were pushing for like if, if they if they wanted to go and have more of the episode be about Homer like struggling with you know how he views Marge after she does the right thing but then costs him you know as he sees it all this money like that's dark and it's a very yeah. interesting angle to take um unfortunately they resolved it in the span of 30 seconds really. <laughs> so it's like, all right dude <laughs> like maybe you just don't do that at all i don't know and we're talking about an episode that jumped into the a plot a minute in so it's not like they didn't have time to do some of this stuff like I, re- I mean, I like everything they did. I just thought that was such an odd choice to end it that way. I thought there's a million other ways that could have ended this. Like, even it was like, well, I'm glad you did the right thing. And like some joke about that, like, you know, similar to like the Lisa tearing up the check from Burns in um, uh, the old man and Lisa, like old man and right. Lisa, like something like that, where it's just like, yeah, it's a quick joke, but it's like, Homer was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I think it, all we're learning good. here is that the Simpsons women are losing all the money for the Simpsons men. <laughs> <laughs> if it weren't for the women, <laughs> Simpsons would have millions of dollars. Yet it's their money and it was their like <laughs> chance. Um, so this, yeah, I did like this a lot. I made a lot of notes about this. It's it was so fun, especially with the Hudson <laughs> Riviera stuff, like. I just love Huts as a character so much. Like, I love Phil Hartman. I love Huts. It's so hard for me not to choose their episodes. Man. So all that being said, how do we feel? Uh, I'm going to... It doesn't sound like you guys want it on the list. It's okay. I will say this. I I think that um, Kelly's list so far, uh, because she's picked Simpson, Delilah, Bart the Daredevil, and Bart gets hit by a car. I think that this is what people would generally agree is are belong in like a top five like bart the daredevil and bart gets hit by a car are both like very notable and iconic episodes i mean bart meets the devil for god's sake in this episode um that being said in terms of like the the a personal top five that we're constructing right now like it would not be in my personal top five agreed i wanted to say though too that bart dies in 1996 so we have that <laughs> confirmed Excuse oh. me, what? Because that's the next time the Yankees won the pennant. Oh, 
Well, I didn't think that we all had to stay friends after this. <laughs> I, 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 it's going to get mean now. <laughs> um, I just, I just, dang. I just, I feel like I have one that I wish I would have put on here because I really want to talk about, but I don't think I can say my number one is not as good as this one or yeah. Um, so I just wanted to, I guess quickly, are we, um, am I even next? Did I just start talking? <laughs> I apologize. I... Kelly, you went, so it's Joe's turn. So I'm so sorry. Turn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, my number one is the one that I thought would be like a, a pretty much a consensus, um, potentially makes like a top 20, uh, of all time episode. Um, it's the one that I think that they're proudest of. I think it's the one they put mm -hmm. up for any consideration. I could be wrong about that last part. Um, and this is an intense buildup. We'll yeah, in keeping, in keeping with the theme, it's a major, major guest star episode. Mm -hmm. uh, Lisa Substitute is my ah. number one. Um, I think it's the standout from this season, not because it's particularly funny, but because it's a phenomenal, maybe even call it seminal, Lisa episode. Um, and it's got... Obviously, Dustin Hoffman is the guest star, which is, uh, with respect to everybody we've talked about so far, because I love all of them, I think he's the biggest star they've gotten to this point. Did sure. not, didn't do it under his own name, of course. It's uh, under a pseudonym, Sam Edick, which is uh, a fun little pun because um, he's Semitic. Uh, but it is, it is to me, the foundation also for future Homer and Lisa episodes because uh, this is a great early you know, example of Homer, you know, messing up. And then for all the unearned, you know, uh, redemptions that he gets throughout this season, I think this one's actually kind of good. I think this one fits alongside the, the Bart and Lisa talk during the um, Thanksgiving episode where, you know, at the end of this episode, Homer like openly acknowledges, he's like, I'm, I'm an idiot and I don't know how to relate to you. Um, I'm so sorry. All I know is that I love you. And like, he's so earnest and genuine with yeah. her. And she has, and like, she can, you know, she can accept that she, and it's actually kind of something that, uh, you know, a dynamic between them that, that works. It happens again with Lisa's pony. It happens. Um, I think at Lisa, the vegetarian mm -hmm. where he just, yeah, Homer is like going to do stupid shit. Um, and he's, he's not going to be able to figure out what's going on with her. Um, but I think he says in this episode, he's like, you're smarter than me. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, you know, he just understands that he did a, a, a good thing when when Lisa came along. That's one of the things he's proudest of and things probably he should be proudest of. Um, and that to me is a very sweet sentiment. Uh, I also really like the Mr. Bergstrom character. I think Dustin Hoffman does a great job in this episode. You know, they did the obligatory graduate reference, which is also funny because I love seeing Mrs. K trying to get laid. Um, <laughs> there's just a bunch of really good stuff. Marge too, like Marge is the catalyst for getting Homer to like, get right with Lisa because she's pissed at him for for not being more um conscientious about his re relationship with his little girl um just great family stuff all around and some very it, despite the fact it doesn't sound like it from that description there's also some very funny stuff in there as well it's a it's a funny episode mm -hmm. um this is another one I have a, a long list of things that I just made note of because I thought it was it was funny and just sort of like a good like world building episode I like 
seeing the, the elementary school and like getting to know that world a little bit more and getting to know more of the kids and stuff. And I feel like, you know, you got to do that a little bit here. Um, there is a weird B plot with Bart becoming, is this the one where he's trying to become class president? Yes. Okay. So there's that. I, I didn't hate that B plot. It was kind of strange. It's definitely like a less memorable B plot um as far as b plots go but it's i it's i thought it was satisfying you know martin is back in his nerd role like he's yeah (laughs) Yeah, he's not part of the group martin getting his ass absolutely handed to him in that election and he's like breaking down mentally like like they draw him paler yeah (laughs) yeah like he's just racked with how bad he's getting his ass kicked (laughs) And then he wins anyway because none of Bart's friends were responsible enough to vote. That's very funny to me. Yeah. I like that it's Windle that voted for him. Like there's this weird sudden, but they're like, well, there's not another nerd character. So I guess Windle. They're like, like celebrating it there. Yeah. You just see Windle out of nowhere, like high-fiving him. Um, I, yeah, I do like this episode. And this is the one I was thinking of that I know this is, this is a popular one. I don't know. There, there it's, it's a sore spot for me, I guess specifically in the the relationship between uh, Bergstrom and and Lisa that I don't know what it is if it's specifically my like how I was in school or with teachers like that like I never really felt like I had that before so that's not something I can really identify with I wrote in my notes I think I texted Kelly too that I was like I identify more with the kid that's like can we play kickball after (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Definitely. teachers like that didn't like me and you, Paul. So, <laughs> yeah, maybe I think I when think... we see those teachers, we're like, "Oh crap, he's back." <laughs> he doesn't like me. I, I <laughs> just like he can't figure me out or something. Like, just because I'm just bouncing from thing to thing. So I don't know that. I'm sure that's part of it. So, um, I that was my source, but I did not like some moments with Lisa where I felt like she got pretty mean to Homer. This is a rare instance where I thought like you feel sorry for Homer in this one. Yeah. I feel sorry for Homer and I don't like I don't like the like there's the Lisa Marge interaction where Marge is like she's like, Oh, this is about Mr. Bernstrom, and it's like, Oh, I feel that way about Homer. And she's like, No, you like and I like that's the <laughs> the conflict. I just that I don't feel like then Lisa re- she sort of does at the end kind of come to terms with that but it's like it feels less so than maybe say like a lisa the vegetarian where i feel like they did kind of make up in a more satisfying way and they kind of both admitted that you know how they're you know they're very different but they do love each other and they just kind of have to learn to to deal with that but that being said like i guess i mean same reason i like the thanksgiving episode i do like how real that makes this episode feel because you are talking about you know someone who it does feel like they're maybe not appreciated and who does feel like they don't have somebody in their family that they could necessarily relate to, or specifically, um, you know, they don't feel like they can relate to their father. So, and it's like in that way, like you're going to butt heads and you're a kid, you're going to say stupid things that you don't mean, and you're not going to understand how those relationships work or what even really you, you feel about Mr. Bernstrom um, quite yet. Cause you're still developing how you feel about all those things. So that's like, I totally get that. And I do think that's why this is such a great episode. It's just, I guess one for me that that doesn't sit well specifically, probably for more personal reasons. Honestly, I don't, I can't come up with a good reason why this obviously is very effective and very, the writing is good. There's a lot of 
stuff in it. I made a note here. Um, oh, where Homer's like, he says like, I've never had to, I've never lost somebody I love before because everybody I love is under this roof. And um, weird thing to say at this point, we think his mom died when he was alive, but all of that, <laughs> you know, not really like that didn't factor in at all, but it's just like, um, that's a really sweet thing to say. And that is a really good line. And like, that's just, that's such a perfect way to sort of patch that up. And I do like, I don't know. I just, I felt like that it was effective at the end. And um, there, I guess you can definitely, I can definitely see how that, like those arguments and stuff that makes sense. And that does feel real, but it just like, just kind of puts me off a little bit, I guess. I, yeah, I, the... I very briefly, Kelly, if I may, I'm sorry. Yeah, good. Uh, just really quickly. The only thing I would say, I totally agree with you, Paul, that like, uh, again, like it's kind of an uncomfortable um, situation when Lisa is like, She's like shit talking Homer to Mr. Bergstrom, um, you know, pretty, pretty early in the episode, like yeah. before Homer's even like done anything to her, you know, at least in this particular instance. Um, and then obviously there's the the scene where she calls him a baboon. There's the scene that you mentioned where like Marge says that Homer makes her feel, you know, kind of like the same lovey dovey kind of crush uh, feelings that Lisa's experiencing for Mr. Bergstrom. And she's totally incredulous, obviously. Right. Mm -hmm. Um the reason why this to me matters, you know, all those things matter so much is because I don't think in a later episode like Lisa the Vegetarian, where she is able to kind of more quickly come to an understanding of who Homer is, I don't think that that, can, that payoff is as good if you haven't laid the foundation of this episode where you show them arguably at their furthest apart and Lisa doesn't really see him as a human being. She's, or, you know, as, as a separate human being other than, you know, as an authority figure who is in many ways her inferior and more importantly, the inferior to, to other adults that she interacts with. This is the episode where she bridges that gap a little bit and she sees, oh, wait, yeah, my dad is not sure. Mr. Bergstrom, but he is somebody who is a good man and loves me um, and that that matters a lot to me. Um, so I yeah, to me, that's the reason why this payoff uh, works even with, how difficult it kind of feels to get there and how bad Homer seems to be getting it. Although he is being quite a boorish jerk through most he of this is, episode. He is pretty mean in this episode as well. <laughs> um, openly, openly mocking the lady at the museum or whatever. Yeah. Like rub it just like Yeah. It's just I did like, there was a part in the museum that I felt bad for Homer because he like made a joke of I forget the actual, I didn't write it down. He like makes a joke about something. Oh, he said he'd rather be chased by the mummy than something else. Yeah. And they both look at him like he's stupid. I'm like, at least laugh at that. That was just like a fun little thing to say. Like, thing that was that stupid. Yeah. yeah. That's something <laughs> I would say in a museum. That's not fair. So um, like there's stuff like that. I felt like the um the museum was probably the hardest watch with feeling bad for Homer for me. Cause like that's when you could really tell that like um Lisa just very much preferred him but what I think the thing that was really interesting to me was earlier on when um Bergstrom's still getting to know Lisa and they'd already spent a bunch of time together up until then but she like turned in something that was neat mm -hmm. and asked if her dad did it for her I was like you know Lisa like it didn't really seem like something that she would be like cheating at home like is that what he was going for 
also didn't say, did your mom help you? I know. Like, it was funny that he went straight to dad. And didn't ever consider. She was like, no, it's not my dad. It's not my dad. And he was just like, okay, like, it's like I get because it's it's Homer and Lisa. I, I think, I mean, that's yeah. 100% why they did it that way. It's because we're not putting in, you know, like, it's about their relationship. And you don't need that extra bit. But I just, I I thought that was kind of off-putting with that whole sequence, I guess. It, yeah, it didn't really fit with the rest is what I felt. It was just like, I, it didn't, up until then, he hadn't been questioning if Lisa was actually putting in the work. Like she was obviously sure. putting in the work. So like, it was very weird for him to suddenly be like, someone helping you do this, Lisa, you're too smart. Yeah, well, uh, I they do this multiple times this season because they do it again with Mr. Lisa Goes to Washington where they immediately suspect that Homer is the one that is helping Lisa write her speech about uh, about America. Right. And they go confront him about it, but they don't ever breathe a word about Marge being the one who possibly could help her. So I think it's probably, you know, part of the uh, the era, you know, is yeah. the, the cultural era is part of it there. But <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, I think in... In both those cases, I mean, yes, we know, the viewer knows that Lisa is extraordinarily smart and written by men in, you know, at this in this era of the show, only men, unfortunately, in their 30s, and she talks like one. Right. Um, uh, you know, but a, a character like Mr. Bergstrom or that poor lady who was administering the uh, Reader's Digest contest, um, you know, they don't know Lisa that well that, you know, it would be pretty surprising, I think, for somebody her age to be that precocious. Um, so I think he's just checking a box. You know, he's like, OK, you're smart. Are you are you this smart? Because good gravy. Um, and it turns out she is. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I, <laughs> yeah. I do think that this episode has one of the best uh, tearjerker endings, because I, I watched this episode like if. Uh, like sometimes if you like want to cry like you'll just watch a bunch of shit that is sad like this is one of the big ones that i'll pull up because that uh, the scene where like he's leaving and he does that like um that's the problem of being middle class anyone that like can actually help you it, is gonna go on and help somebody else like that line is like devastating and it's so true and then like just lisa accepting that and having to say goodbye is just like it, it, it makes me cry like every single time just her saying goodbye to him it's if Bergstrom was just gonna leave without saying goodbye, like which is pretty, pretty fucked up. Yeah, I don't know. There's a couple. I, I had a hard time warming up to this man. I did not appreciate <laughs> this. Again, this is a situation where I feel like that this is probably a personal thing. But like when he was going around the room, it's like, "What's your talent? Let's see it." And it's like, back off. Like some some people do not respond well to that. Maybe yeah. they're anxious, and like I guess that that is part of it too. Like. I understand that, but just uh, some of his techniques were like things where I felt like I felt they were very real. I remembered them and th they were things that I was like, this is not, um, I don't know, just not. Well, well. I think personally between me and you, Paul, like we went to a very hippie school that had this guy times 12. Right. And different, like we just had this guy over and over and over again. So it, it like, I think maybe if you see this what, guy once, like you had like a bunch of strict teachers and then this guy comes in out of the blue and does this, you're more like, oh my God, like this is so different. This is like someone that actually wants to listen to me. But I think that we saw this same person just like, that was like, I think just kind of like what we touched on with Unky Herb. He's just kind of vacationing in this, this persona 
and he knows that these kids don't actually matter to him and this is all just kind of like a oh this is going to be my performance and then I'm going to go yeah. so like I think that we had all those kind of teachers that like they weren't even actual teachers it was like they all just kind of like came in and were like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna do this like as a grad student at Purdue and right. then I'm gonna leave <laughs> like I don't care about these kids yeah maybe maybe that's it maybe it's a very specific um upbringing but like that's all to say that I think it's an effective episode and like I think <clears throat> that it's really well done too but it's just like those things I guess like I'm talking about it but just because I think it's like the writing is 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 so like interesting in these seasons that I just it's it's really nice to watch um and it's interesting that you're not always supposed to like you know there things aren't always wrapped up you know they're they tend to be like they like we've talked about several episodes that kind of wrap it up in this weird way but at the same time there's a lot of things that you know there's a lot of more than maybe like things you don't normally see or things that people consider the more ugly sides of a person you know a person that we get to see in these seasons and gets brought out in these seasons that i appreciate and makes these characters more human for me and this episode does that a lot especially with homer and lisa um so i think it's incredibly effective that way there was a uh oh man i had the line pulled up there's just another line in here that i wanted to go over but i can't find it so i'm just gonna move on from there so uh i told does anyone else have anything to say about this one before we move on the only thing i would say is if i if i had my druthers i would put this in over uh three men in a comic book which is the other one of mine that's in the top five currently but if you got if y'all feel you know pretty strongly that this is not a top fiver i will not uh fight you on it i think this is a top fiver i disagree that three men in a comic yeah i don't want to take three men in a comic out. out that one is such what else like a we read the just, top five <laughs> i said that and then i read the rest of this list so uh birth <laughs> the daredevil brush with greatness uh two cars in every garage three guys in every fish simpson and delilah three men in a comic book So <laughs> I don't want to be the one to start this. Kelly. Well, technically, I started by offering my own episode as the one we can boot. And then I passed it to Kelly because I'm a <laughs> coward. <laughs> um oh fuck. I don't know. It's getting it's getting tough now. It's not like I'm I'm not trying to protect anybody's feelings. I'm just thinking of the episodes. I know. But like yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Were, were you guys even like I? I don't even know if Simpson and Delilah necessarily belongs up there. Ugh, I think I love that one so much. I do too. <laughs> I I put it in yeah. there, but like, I would probably kick. Hmm. Yeah, actually, I I don't know which one. I, ugh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel I, like I'm between I, the 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 blinky episode maybe potentially getting booted or just not putting in the um Mr. Bergstrom one. I would personally say Simpson and Delilah. But is I do love that episode too, but I just think it's I'm looking a, at these I, other Yeah, I think we and... personally all love it a lot, but I I don't think it I don't think it belongs up I don't know. 
Okay. I say right, this right. is so I put I put it in there. Like obviously I want it. I mean, there, if but... we're heartbroken enough that we don't I mean, it's our list. We don't have to consider anything else. We don't have to consider <laughs> any other lists or, you know, like the popular opinions. Like if yeah. we want Simpson and Delilah in there, we should to have me, to me, brush with greatness is untouchable. Like it's gotta be in the top five. Um and I would prefer to keep Simpson and Delilah, but then, you know, if we're not kicking off three men in a comic book, that only leaves two cars uh, in every garage or uh, Bart the Daredevil. So I don't know. That's that that would be tough for me. Um, for the ending, I'm going to say Bart the Daredevil. Um, and I think we've we seem like we've had a little bit more to say about the other ones. And I don't know. That's just my my vote, I guess. I would probably agree with that logic just because, yeah, that the ending on that one is so abrupt and weird. Um, I would put in I would I would choose uh, Lisa's substitute over that episode, I guess is what I would say. Kelly, that's that's fair. Let's do it. OK, so we're putting in Lisa's substitute. Substitute. So, there's no substitute for you. OK, I got uh, one more and i don't know all right i really like itchy and scratchy and marge yes um, you'll probably notice that yeah i guess there's the, there's a theme of these episodes that i particularly like and i like seeing a character sort of a side of a character that we kind of maybe we know is there we don't get to see very often a man season two is filled with this with marge and this is another example of and like one that i don't know fully how much i agree with her on and they do a really good job of kind of like just just like staying on that line but it's like they they show like two sides of it and it's like it, you're very conflicted at the end of even what the characters think of what's going on so that's that itchy and scratchy leads to you know an episode of itchy and scratchy leads to uh maggie hitting homer on the head with a mallet and because of this then marge decides to that, that it's too much violence on tv she's protesting that to get this changed and this is just this is another episode that like again i, I remember seeing all the time um and it's i don't know i just like i feel like it's it's got so many good moments like the the i'm thinking like right away that um I think the thing maybe most people think of with this episode, maybe not, is the like the lemonade. Yes, please. Like that whole oh, like, yeah, it's so good. Lemonade. <laughs> such a funny moment. And like it's it's fun to see like it's fun to see the characters like that and it's like see the like see the itchy and scratchy, the the studio and the writers and the animators and very like self-referential like this is clearly these are the animators, these are the writers. I think they're kind of poking fun at themselves a little bit and also dealing with some criticism of the show and other shows and animation. And like I I like seeing that kind of inside stuff, especially with with animation and um I think for that, that's like because um, the Poochie episode is is another one of my favorites, and I think like I just I like seeing that world a lot. Roger Myers uh, is a great voice to have. I love Roger Myers Jr. <laughs> yeah, there was a whole I, I don't know if we ever talked about this, Paul, but there was a whole poll of the best character um, on Simpsons on Twitter, 
And he got booted out so early when he should have he should have made it way farther because he is one of the best voice characters and just characters in general. I think he always pulls so much into episodes and it's so great. And I think he should always be voiced. Uh, is it Alex Rocco? Is that who it is? Am I yeah. getting the first name wrong? OK, um, he does such a good job. Carry he on does. with what you're doing. I was just so excited. Oh no, that's it's a, like that. He's such a, like a a fun presence in the show, and has yes. like similar to Kelsey Grammer, just taken a character and made it so much. Did such a good job with the character. It's like, well, we need this guy. Like, if if yeah. we have this guy come back, it needs to be this voice, and he's such a presence on the show and and big episodes uh, that they brought him back for. And like, I like all the like the the smart line stuff marge going on there and like just getting talked over told how she feels about stuff and then like them jumping around in these like half points and like not like really showcase what the actual issues are what marge is saying about this show it's just kind of like steamrolling over her and like just all of that felt like i I'm, it was fun watching all that stuff and just seeing Mar like marge her ideas they call it they decide to the writers decide to call Marge directly to ask for some <laughs> show ideas, which is just hilarious to me. But just the things that she says, and like <laughs> Roger Meyer Jr. Like looking back at the the storyboards, he's like, ah, all right, <laughs> or as he says, like, make it a pie, pie series in a draw. <laughs> like, just I don't know. I'll give you that. Yeah, <laughs> he he accepts it. Um, and I, I, I love when when she goes out to protest. I first of all, I love that Lisa and Bart reluctantly go out and protest with her. Like, yeah, they take the signs with them, and they're like going, even though this is completely against what they believe in. I I know that Bart like changes the sign and kind of makes it a little uh, about him, but like they go out there with the signs to to protest with March, which I think is very nice. Um, but I love that he, she's out there doing the protest and that, that one animator is just like, this is good stuff. And he makes yeah. that squirrel. That's so funny. <laughs> <I'm> so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, this is obviously one of the better ones. I mean, uh, a lot of the, I don't know, like maybe people's mileage can vary on itchy and scratchy stuff. I always welcomed it uh, when it came up. I still think it's funny, even though like half the bit is that it's like not good. Right. Like, right. I mean, kind of a, a reductionist uh tom and jerry type show with uh excessive violence but like i always enjoyed seeing it i enjoy itchy and scratchy land an immense amount when it comes up that's a, a great episode yeah so this is obviously in that tradition and it's really good for that reason i love roger myers uh they are i, I love the fact that alex rocco is so enthusiastic about doing the role it wasn't just and i'm not saying that you were saying paul that it was just mm -hmm. that the show like said like hey we got to make sure we get this guy uh whenever we do this character alex rocco was like you fucking call me if this character ever comes <laughs> yeah up. yeah and so i think it only ended up like once that hank had to do it and it's um, depressing when it's him like it, like he yeah. opens his mouth and you're like what is happening i hate this yeah, it, it yeah. doesn't even sound close, which is no. not not a knock on Hank or anything like that. It's just like it's so obviously not Alex Rocco. You're like, can we get from me? Go? It's a knock on Hank. I can't stand it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, if if they re-recorded the performance today and just put it in, <laughs> like I would not mind. They and should. I, yeah, I guess they, they shouldn't should. anymore. But I can't uh, say that about basically anything else. Uh, so that's high <laughs> praise. Um, the the only reason why this is not in my top five 
is because I really don't like the way the show position positions Marge as like this um nag character um who's like a spoil sport and like you know like the the, the stick in the mud um and also like the it is taken uh, a bit of a darker turn in the last like five years uh parents freaking out about content that their kids are seeing yeah. obviously you know now it's in schools and stuff and this this um this episode very presciently and, and very smartly goes in that direction right because like in the resolution at the end of this is that her complaining about itchy and scratchy turns into you know michelangelo's david getting canceled uh and marge doesn't agree with that marge thinks it's art and art should not be canceled uh well she's soft on full frontal nudity i <laughs> told you she was soft on full frontal yeah. nudity she, uh, <laughs> she's soft on full frontal nudity and she doesn't want to suppress david's doodle uh, <laughs> so you know they that at least is a, a good uh, component of her character and they don't betray her in that way i also don't think it's necessarily a betrayal to for marge to be like this is stupid and violent. Like, why are my kids, why am I letting my kids watch this? I think that's all totally valid. Um, I just don't, ugh. she spends so much time being so cool and, uh, and ahead of the game in this season. And this is the only time to me that she comes off as like a little bit of like a Midwestern mom or whatever of the night sure. who, yeah, who is, you know, freaking out about like lyrics on your CDs or whatever, I guess in that day cassette, uh, cassettes. But yeah, yeah. I do think to that point, though, like once it gets to the David stuff, I think she realizes that she went too far. And I think that kind of pulls March back. So I think it's like something like she like started to believe in this. I think she still kind of does. But she realized once it got to David, how hard she went and how like it wasn't as necessary. So I feel like that kind of pulled Marge back in. But it does like her character did still initially do it. So I kind of understand that. So. Yeah. But I, I did like the pullback. And then I liked that when her and Homer went to look at the statue, like he was like, the kids are going to see it anyway. They're making them. Yeah, they're making them. <laughs> but again, yeah. sadly not true anymore. <laughs> yeah. And this baby comes from a place of our mom did have a lot of boycotts that she participated in when we were kids. And like, it, maybe it's a little bit of that. Maybe it's a little bit of like, and I wish we like, had a list of all the stores we weren't allowed to go to because mom had a <laughs> something that she did not like about them. I know that Great Clips is in there. Yeah, but I Clips. wish I could remember all of them. Great Clips, Meyer, uh, Little Caesars. Just mom uh, coming home being like, yeah. we are not going to Great Clips ever again. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Great Clips on blast. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, there's a period where we couldn't go to Meyer. Meyer was uh, not the... But anyway, it's funny it how uh, mom loves Meyer now, so I don't know what changed. <laughs> mom, we'll get her on here. <laughs> get mom on here. <laughs> I do. Mom, like... you, we were told you hate Meyer, but yesterday you said that Meyer was the best store you've ever seen. I think that what the reason I I enjoy this episode and enjoy Marge in this episode is because as often as we did we we Marge is forced into the nag role. She's also forced into a role where she is the voice of reason and is, you know, usually presented as like correct. You know, she doesn't really have a lot of struggles, so there's not something we see her working through like you know Marge on the Lamb is another great example of an episode where we get to see Marge conflicted actually like um 
I don't know. I get to actually go through something and and learn something and kind of change her mind throughout the episode. Like, and it's like it's believable to me too. It's just like, yeah, especially if it happened. It, it's happening in her home. She saw the violence and then she sees the TV show. And it's kind of this thing where she's like, maybe she's worried that she, she's a bad parent for letting her kids watch this. Maybe she's concerned something else is going to happen. Like in that moment, just sort of like this getting bigger than she even like realizes it's getting. And it's, you know, it's like, that seems like a very, I don't know. That seems like a relatable thing to me. And then it's just like where she does at the end, like, in a pretty quick way, honestly, like, I don't know how much reflecting we see her do really, but it's like, you know, with the, the statue of David where it's like, okay, like, I understand that there's two, this is a more nuanced discussion and that like, you know, you can't really, maybe I'm coming at it the wrong way. Maybe I do think that there's too much violence. Maybe I think like, you know, there's not enough substance to, you know, for the violence to make sense or whatever, but like, Coming to like actually going through this and and learning something is, I think, a cool thing. We don't get to see March do very much. That's true. Very valid. Another yeah. thing, Paul. Like this is kind of going back, but you brought this up. I you were ahead of me when you were watching them, so I watched this later. But you made the point that the kids didn't seem to care about Krusty the Clown at all, even though oh, he's yeah. supposed to be like the main guy that they all love like bart has like all the dolls he's like starstruck by crusty all the time but as soon as they pulled itchy and scratchy the kids abandoned crusty yeah all of them did there's no reason to stick around so i thought that was that was interesting because yeah you you texted me that and then like i didn't get to that episode till like two days later but i was like what the fuck you're right kids do not like crusty <laughs> that's not the draw they're there <laughs> for the cartoons and they tolerate crusty <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway so uh, any other final thoughts on this in that case uh should we stick it in here somewhere should we throw it off it doesn't sound like joe's excited about it so no i i, I don't I, know I, if it'll make the top it's okay I'm once not, again I'm not... <laughs> joe rips my heart out of my pants <laughs> I pour my guts out. <laughs> well, in, in the in tradition of Kelly's picks as well, I think this is probably something that most people who are Simpsons fans, if they were listening to this, would be like, are you insane? Of course you have to put in Itchy and Scratchy and Marge. And uh, I would be perfectly fine with doing it. And it's just a question of like, who, what would we kick off? I know I said it in a blaming way, but I meant as a building a list for all three of us, it doesn't sound like it's going to go in there. I, and I accept this. Yeah, yeah, I got the feeling that it's not like, <laughs> I, I wanted to say what I wanted to say about it, but I understand because I think this is a, a great list. It's an interesting list. It's uh, the neighbor's trash list. So let's, hmm. yeah, I think it's, it's uh, let's throw it off of there and let's, so our five, uh, in no particular order, just the order I wrote them down in. Uh, Lisa Substitute, uh, Brush with Greatness, Two Cars in Every Garage, Three Eyes on Every Fish, Simpson and Delilah, and Three Men in a Comic Book. What a beautiful little list. That's a great list. That, that is, is a, a really good list. I am glad that we kept Simpson and Delilah on there because I think that we all three were excited about it. And it is such a good episode. We were all a little sad when it was about to get yeah. <laughs> Or at least I was. I felt it. I was just. Like, I was, was sad. This like, like dangling over the edge, and I was like, "No, you can't. No, I can't I, take it out." I was so sad about it that I was like, "Look, throw three men in a comic book off. All right, do what right. we do. Save Carl. Damn it." 
Carl would do it for us. If we know Carl it, would do it for us. He would no, do he it. Would. That's so true. I, that's there's no better reason to keep that on there than do it for us. Uh, this was so much fun. I love doing these. This was a good. This is a good season. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's good seeing these episodes because it's just been a, such a long time. Uh, yeah. Any final any final thoughts before we go? I don't I don't have anything personally. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a this is a fun exercise um in particular because, you know, so many other seasons that we we've done or will do um I think have like stuff that's pretty clear cut that um we're probably going to agree on, like having like at least, you know, one or two, maybe even three that were like, "Oh boy, you have to have that in the top 5." And I love season two in this discussion because we came to one where I, I feel like a bunch of us came in with different angles and it ended up with a great list. Yeah. And, um, yeah. It's, we also didn't mention one fish, two fish, whatever it's called. Uh, right. Which is interesting to me. Like, but I, that's what I like about it too. Is there's a couple of us like, Oh, weird. That's weird. We didn't mention that one, but that's because we didn't need to, because we had a different list. So with all that being said, we'll see you for Scream 7. <laughs> <laughs> I think Scream 7 is in the works right now. We'll be there. And we're going to we'll watch there. it. We're going to bring it to you. And we'll, of course, do more of these Simpsons ones because these Simpsons ones are fun. And we've yeah. got some good, we've got three, four, and seven uh, in the golden age left. And man, those are good seasons. So I'm really excited about those discussions. Um, and uh that's all I got to say. So until we do it again, Kelly, what do we always say? Oh, uh, like, bye. <laughs> all right, <laughs> put it up. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>